everyone. I am Brad Ellis. Welcome to Frame Trap. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Michael Damiani via remote internets. That's right. What's up? How's it going? And we got Daniel Bloodworth. Yo. Filling in last second. Filling Here in I last am. second. <laughs> and we got Ben Starr, the legend, our UK correspondent. Here He's I here. Am. Reporting He's in reporting for GT. In. London's fine, everyone. London's fine. <laughs> nice. How's the weather been here compared? Has it been nice? I've had the weirdest transition to this weather. So it's London, it's freezing cold. And then I went, I've just been in Toronto where it's freezing cold. Yeah. yeah. And then this is, this is the way I've never been in um, a country where it is so hot and playing Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I find it, I actually, I kind of find it a bit like sarcastic. Like, yeah. are you kidding me, guys? This isn't Christmas. And everywhere's got the, the Christmas trees. And like every time I get in the lift in my hotel, it's playing Mariah Carey. Yeah. And part of me is just going, you're taking the piss, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do what we can, you know. <laughs> I love it. Like, it is, the temperatures I'm, have actually been cooler for the past cooler, year or so. But today it went back up to the 80s, yeah. Yeah. It's not Christmas. I refuse to accept that yeah. it's Christmas. <laughs> it's not a London Christmas for sure. I'm going to go back to like, it's so it's so lovely in London right now. Like I love this kind of like crisp, almost like unbearably cold temperature, but it's just very clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of my favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. Dude, nice. I mean, it gets crisp here, but not nowhere that crisp. No, We're like I, an ice cube. You're probably like an igloo. Crisp. No, there's no ice cube here. This is this is absolutely scorching right now. <laughs> this is like this. Your winter is like the hottest British summer you yeah. could possibly have. Yeah, it's wild. We live in a wild state. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into everything, though, please check us out on Patreon.com/slash/EasyAllies if you want to support us and the crew going forward. We greatly appreciate it. Also, before we get into it, today we announced that I am leaving Easy Allies. However, there will be one more frame trap after this. Episode 200, 200. will be the wow. final frame trap. We're going to try to get some nice guests on there. So just, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Please be excited. Yeah. Guys, I'm right here. What? I'm a, I'm a nice guest. You're a nice guest. I'm a nice guest. You are a nice guest. <laughs> Thank you so much. I would say you're the top tier guest. Thank the best you. guest we've ever had on the show. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's really insulting to the people who are going to be there to, next time. They, <laughs> they would understand. Yeah, okay. Um, and then if you're curious about after that, uh, basically Frame Trap is going to get yep. bundled into the main podcast. So the right. format's going to change in the new year. Yeah. We've been uh, kind of still have to shoot the three last episodes oh my of the God, podcast. Yeah. That's going to be a week. day. That's going to be a day. Yeah. But uh, you've been kind of toying with that, bringing it into the podcast with game impressions. So yeah. more stuff like that will continue on. So it'll be good. Ben. Yes. I heard you're a D&D nerd. I'm a D&D nerd now, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. That's me. Reinvented myself in the past six months. That's right. I've gone from liking video games to, to liking D&D. D&D. Um, yeah. So thank you, first of all, for the shout out a couple of weeks ago. For oh, our, yeah. Like, absolutely. We we crowdfunded um, our D&D campaign, which is we're called Natural Six. Mm-hmm. Um, Great name. It's a good name. It is. Uh, we had a WhatsApp. If you'd seen, I, I imagine in the next you know, year or so, we'll release all the names we didn't call ourselves. (laughs) And they are like the ramblings of people who are going more and more insane. Yeah. Um, But it was this moment where I think Harry McIntyre just said, who's our DM, he just went, what about Natural Six? He hadn't really... He hadn't really said much about a name and the first one he said, we were like, yes, Harry, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, And it's at all stages because it's been just a really collaborative process with everyone because all six of us are very creative in our own ways. Um, 
it's been those wonderful moments of synergy where someone just says something and we all just know it's right. And each stage, like coming up with the logo, like coming up with the theme music and mm -hmm. everything has just been this really, really rewarding process with people who are so, so creative. And every day, you know, we've got this very, very active WhatsApp group. There's just something new happening. And it's like, it's a lot. But I mean, even now, I mean, I, I go away from my phone. It's like 60 messages. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> but because that's what you get with creative people. But it hasn't, we haven't really had any of that friction that you'd, you'd imagine there to be because everyone brings something in their own kind of Venn diagram of, of specialities to, mm -hmm. to create something. And it's really, really fun. Who are some of the people you're playing with? Some pretty big names on there. Yeah, there's me, so it's a huge name. Huge uh, name. Everyone's <laughs> just going, it's just me playing with myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Clip that for the internet. Um, no, I. it's uh, me. Uh, our DM is the incredible Harry McIntyre, who is, for those who don't know his work, he is the voice of Noah in Xenoblade Chronicles mm. 3. Uh, he is... Um, Damiani's nodding in he, approval. He not only awesome. is he an amazing performer, like an amazing performer, his his DM skills are are really, really pretty impressive. Like his ability to kind of conjure up drama and, and be funny and witty. And he's he's created this world called Reliquiae. Um, in our first meeting, he just turned up with just pages and went, this is what it was. And he had like ancient texts that he'd Whoa. written from. And oh, it was man. like, oh, we're so, we're so in. Um, and he actually just delivered us like uh, another massive document, another law document for us to kind of talking about where the races come from, how we all feel about each other. It's just, we're going, we're going deep. Um, so there's Harry, who's just really, really brilliant. Um, there's me, there's Aoife Wilson from Eurogamer, mm -hmm. um, who is, again, a massive D&D nerd. Um, spends most of her time doing um, uh, DMing, so she's kind of oh, okay. um, so she's kind of playing a playing a very fun bard, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, Holly Bennett, who works at Frontier now, used to work at CD Projekt Red, and now um, and and before that, PlayStation Access. Yeah, she's yeah, I think, yeah, I think she's a, she's great. She plays a fighter called Indelian, who just loves to swing the sword and smash awesome. things yeah. up. We did a show at EGX, and um, she got to uh, she got to do the killing by smashing someone to pieces. Um, she's super fun. And then we've got Doug Cockle, who's Geralt of Rivia. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> yes. Um, so he plays a dragonborn druid. Oh, uh, so good. Called Kelnis. Um, and it's so, you just, it's the best voice for a dragonborn yeah, druid. He, yeah, his voice, yeah, incredible. Um, and uh, then uh, the final piece of the puzzle is Alex Jordan, who is, plays I think everyone's fan favorite character right now called a co he's a kobold rogue called I wow. um, just I and he uh, is Mr. Hands in Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty oh, he yeah. makes all the sex noises in Baldur's Gate 3 um, <laughs> and has this and also he's if you want to check out a game that looks absolutely sick there's a game called The Altars mm -hmm. which they've just right, announced yeah, where yeah. there's a guy who's like playing there's like Alex has to so play he, he's he the VO for that then? he plays all the different characters yeah. in it yeah and he's working hard at it right now and um, he's just yeah, that's nuts and every like everyone everyone in the group is so so talented and brings all their different like, skills that's a, like straight up Orphan Black role right yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> uh, even in the trailer he he's doing like seven or eight different voices and I think there are more characters to come it's like mm -hmm. you know the role that all actors both dream and dread at the same time yeah but he's he's a a wonderful wonderful person but he's also an incredibly versatile actor and um you know I can't wait to see the altars so yeah we and that's us and we 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 got funded um and we're going to hopefully start recording very early on in the new year yeah you have an episode 0 right 
We have an episode zero. We, we've got an episode where we roll our characters, um, and I can tell you, Doug Cockle, Geralt of Rivia, Kelnis the Dragonborn Druid is so overpowered. He never has a man rolled dice so well oh, for no. such a very specific period of time. <laughs> He's like our Huber. Yeah, but we did a we did a show at EGX live, and even though he is by far the most powerful character, he still was the only character not able to convince someone to go up some stairs. Oh, so no. he was just stuck at the bottom of the stairs whilst everyone else was having some fun. So uh, <laughs> that's D and D for you. That is um, funny. It's yeah. So we've got rolling characters. We've got our session zero, in which we kind of have that moment where our characters meet, and then we've got our our EGX live episode. Yeah. Which even though we hadn't rolled a dice in front of anyone, we filled out the thing. So it was a very wow, surreal. That's experience. awesome. Nice. Damn. Um, we've got an amazing theme tune by um, Alex Mukala. The oh sweet yeah oh heck he, yeah yeah he knows what he's doing um, and Alex has been is a huge D and D fan as well. Then so we kind of worked out what we wanted the, it to be. He sat down with Harry and they discussed for, for hours like the lore of the world and then Alex went away and just created this insanely epic theme tune. What class are you? What's I'm, your character? I'm, uh, I'm a wood elf wizard. Oh, okay. Um, I'm this very kind of like structurally beautiful but horrifically scarred wizard who doesn't who's lost his memory. Oh. Um, and so I really loved the idea of what would happen when a wizard who kind of they they have their spell book right they they they're known for like intelligence but what happens when you have a wizard who doesn't have that intelligence they have that intelligence but they don't know who they are and so kind of exploring that is always going to mm-hmm. be really difficult sweet I, when i said that to harry he went you know that's really hard ben <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i'm gonna give you problems harry um but w- we I can't remember who said it in the group. I think it might have been Alex. Like we, none of us really have the right to have the amount of um, chemistry that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be getting on as well as we do. And um, it's just been a really, really fun, That's rewarding good. experience, and it's yeah. a thrill to to do it every single time. And the, again, Reliquier is this amazing world. It's a verdant crater that has it's like. In, with these impassable mountains called the Alanites. And so it's like, what would happen if all of humanity was in this period of peace? And we are members of the web, which is um, a secret organization in which you basically pay with money or you pay with time Damn. to get out of. And so we pay with time. And so we go and we do assassinations. And, and it's this uh, this conceit to put us all together to start doing some seedy stuff before it's all going to kick off. Damn. Deep lore. Deep lore. Deep uh, lore. When we played, Ben Moore had deep lore, but unfortunately, we would just fuck it up every time and mm-hmm. just ruin all of his plans. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, uh, my character in session zero um, decides to just go up and try and hypnotize a basilisk, and it doesn't go well. Uh, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it's just like the confidence of of a, a wizard without any memory to just go up and try and hypnotize a basilisk, and it just did not work at all. That is good. Um, but Harry has been so. He's so great at yes anding with everything. It's never a no. It's like how can we explore whatever the outcome in a positive way that moves the story forward. Yeah. Um and he is such a student of of D and D, um, as well as being a huge fan of it. And um it's just all of us, it's a dream come yeah. true to be able to kind of take what we love doing and explore it in a different way. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. Uh, YouTube, just uh, yeah, yeah. Six. We've got a we've got a YouTube channel um, in which we've got our stuff, which we recorded before the ki- the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be we're going to start doing some kind of like pre streams on okay. on Twitch to try and um, give people updates on where we're at before we kind of do our first couple of episodes in the uh, the cool you know Q one, shall we say, yeah. whatever you want it to be. Excellent. 
Nice. Sounds good. All right, Ben, here's a random question for you. Yeah. Here's a quick question for him and every FF fan, every, every FF8 fan must answer. Who's going to Balm Garden with Squall and who's going to the missile base with Selfie? <laughs> Can I ask what your answer would be? Yes. So I believe the last time I did is I did with Squall, I did Zell and Renella mm-hmm. to the school because mm-hmm. he knows Zell and Squall, you know. Mm-hmm. They're boys at the beginning of school and Renella got the little ship. And with. Um, is it just the shipping? That's the reason you're sending them together. We're Renault and Squall, kind of, yeah. yeah. But I love Zell and Squall together, too. Yeah. And for the, uh, with like Selfie Missile Base, I think I sent Irvine. Yeah. Because he's, he's from, he's awesome. He's a cowboy. Yeah. And uh, I think Quist is. Interesting. It's been a long time since I played it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like I, Quistis is, Quistis is my girl. And yeah. like, and originally like Renoa, Renoa was. I named Renoa after like this girl that I was in love with. Dude, <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, sh- I'll shout her out now. Claire Davies, she's married now, but like back in the day, I was I was in love with Claire. So Renoa was called Claire. Um, but now, as I've got older, like Quistis, I think is the is the character who resonates more with me. And yeah. So um, I'm not that I'm saying I, I I ship them, but there's just something really interesting about her as a character and and totally. Uh, as I've kind of aged, not aged out of Renoa, as you can say, but like mm-hmm. obviously the great thing about Eight is it is the love story between Squall and Renoa. It's like it's front, it's front and center. Right. I mean, even Uematsu said he didn't write individual themes. He wrote about like romantic. Mm. He wrote about the. Um, yeah, not, he, he didn't have individual themes for each character. It was about the sense and emotion of the whole thing. And front and center, you have that relationship, mm-hmm. which is just really, really cool. Yeah. But I don't think that's an incorrect. Um, I don't think that's an incorrect um, setup. I got asked that at the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, I got asked that exact thing. At oh, the that's weekend. funny. That's why I asked you. I was like, what do you think that? And I think that person who asked me, I asked them the same thing, and they said exactly the same that you did. Oh, really? That's funny. I think, I think you're more mainstream than you think. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. That's fine. I played eight a long time ago. I can't remember. You were mainstream back then. You were so mainstream. I'll take it. Yeah. Damiani, do you remember what you did? I don't because I never <laughs> did it. Oh, you haven't played no. eight? Oh, I mean, no, I haven't done it. So eight is on my list of uh, Sorry, Final mm, Fantasy to okay. play through, as we'll get through later. Yes, you've been doing work, Dami. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you've been doing I, work. I have, but it was that's 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, maybe more. a long time ago. Yeah, I've been having a fun dialogue with this game and the Final Fantasy fans. Like, there are people who are now playing it because I wore a T-shirt to the mm-hmm. Golden Joystick. Yeah, you're selling it hard and. I, I'm not intentionally doing it. It's kind of turned into a bit of a game, but like I just keep getting asked what my favorite one is, and it is just eight because of the nostalgia and the feels. And yeah. I don't expect people to play Final Fantasy VIII now and to fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it, it's it's not one of these games that I could confidently say, "Oh my God, you're going to absolutely adore the way the game right. is." Yeah, but it's just for me the power the power of what that game gave to me is is I wouldn't be playing games in the same way that I do yeah. now if it wasn't for that game. Absolutely. Um, and so that's why I like celebrating it. But I am intrigued by people who play it for the first... Also, it just wasn't available to play for such a long time. Yeah, it was harder to play. Yeah. And like the whole... It's it's kind of a shame, really. The whole best looking guy here thing is completely completely ruined because he actually does look good. <laughs> he now. looks good now. The yeah, new it's version, annoying. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would, Damiana. I would be really interested to see what you think of it as a as a game, um, because as as I keep getting told, there are many flaws to it. But I still, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, always, oh, people are still like Ben. You're wrong. I'm going. I'm not wrong. 
I just, I really like it. It's a cool Damiani game. Damiani is the kind of person, though, who likes to break the rules. Oh, dude. And you find the, like, it. easy, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. It's like, he'll find the easiest way to accomplish things. Well, you can, you can overpower, you can overpower yourself in the, in, yeah. even before you go to the fire cave. You can, yeah. um, there are, I, I'd say about five or six ways in which you can just completely break the game in the first. Yeah. You know, yeah, hour. I think it's interesting you can do that. I really like yeah. it. I really like that you can do that because also the game kind of cheats, cheats you in a way. You level up, it levels up with you. Yeah. Right. So it's asking you to figure out ways in which you can kind of like cheat it. And then you know, there's there's a boss towards the end of the game, a mega weapon which does an attack which will kill you if you are level 100 because uh, it doesn't attack with death. So it's basically anything divisible by five. Mm. So it does an attack which will decimate you so it's saying don't be level 100 when you fight a mega weapon um and it's constantly trying to it's, it's not like inscription but a bit like inscription insofar it's asking you to cheat it or yeah. find intelligent ways yeah um, it, yeah it definitely asks you to experiment in that way which is interesting yeah. and it also has one of the best mini games in final fantasy history triple triad triple triad yeah it is mm. yeah i just don't like the draw system i don't like drawing magic no but also it doesn't incentivize the argument people say is that it doesn't incentivize you to use magic because if you yeah. draw the magic you want to keep it for yourself keep it, yeah all right uh so yesterday no big deal just some grand theft auto 6 trailer dropped <laughs> we a lot of us reacted to it but i want to know what all you guys think because none of you were there right Damiani, did you see the trailer oh yeah i watched the trailer let's start um, with you I think visually it looks better than I thought it was going to look. I mean, I don't know why. In my weird mind, I thought it was just going to be HDified GTA 5 or something. <laughs> like, like even more like remastered looking, but it looked way different than I thought it was going to look. So that's pretty impressive for an open world game to have that level of, you know, the faces looked really good. The amount of stuff going on on screen, like characters and like animations, like everyone's yeah. interacting. Um, as long as that's like how gameplay is, that there's that many people around, that's going to be pretty insane. And scale. I mean, obviously they love to show those nice shots, showing you like the, the wide shots. And trying to piece it together uh, in my head compared to San Andreas, I'm just thinking, man, this is probably going to be... A, good deal bigger than GTA 5 in terms yeah. of its map size which is pretty insane so from a technical standpoint very cool and stylistically this is the type of trailer you expect for the reveal of a GTA like the mm -hmm. Tom Petty music like the shots they picked also you know definitely was pushing you know uh, a different kind of like culture vibe with it um, like showing like the like the TikTok stuff and like having like your chat on I was like okay they are Definitely tapping into, you know, some some modern, you know, pop culture stuff. And that's their thing. Also, you know, just kind of showing you early on, we're going to push some boundaries probably with this game. You know, yep. we like they like to poke fun at a lot of stuff. And uh, this trailer pretty much hinted they're not backing off on that type of stuff as well. <laughs> so it was pretty much, um, you know, what I expected just looked better. And, you know, and I appreciate that. But obviously, got a lot of like questions. It's like, how yeah. does this play? I am not the biggest fan of Rockstar's gameplay like mechanics. I feel like it's fun. The design is very fun. I like messing around in their open worlds. But when it comes to like running, gunning, punching, like it's fun for a little bit, and then it gets old, and then it doesn't feel great after like a few hours. And that's 
kind of where I'm hoping they want to prove naysayers on like, nah, you're gonna like this is gonna be good too. Like we're we're, we're like overhauling everything with this one. Yeah, for sure. Blood as a Florida man. <laughs> how are you feeling about it? Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's funny because I'm just like fully checked out on GTA whatsoever. But um, but yeah, I, I think like what Tommy Anya is saying. There's a lot in there in terms of um, the crowd density and the characters and stuff that you see. That like it reminds me a lot of Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? definitely. Uh, and some of the first times that we saw Cyberpunk, and so I could really you know see that like no this. This is achievable. Like I think that Rockstar can can do this and really make that work. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think uh, <laughs> what's funny is I like you guys watched that thing a hundred times. Yes. But I only like watched it through the one time. Fake fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> fake gamer. I think the um, I have to look again, but I think the the alligator thing. Like, we all called you out. They, they were like a little over the top on these gators, and have you done that? On the cartoony side, but yeah. yeah. Have you done that in real life? Done what? Pulled gator an alligator. Have you pulled so. an alligator out of your pool? No, um, but I, I had. You would though. Yeah. No, I would. Call, I mean, you would call somebody. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought, do yourself down. I back you to pull that alligator we had, out of the pool. We had a, a pond in the backyard that had alligators in it, but alligators generally, unless somebody's been feeding them or something, yeah. they just want to stay away. from Well, you people. had your own alligators in a pool. Well, they weren't ours, but there was there was you a pond. stole the alligators. They were there. They lived there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like coming into shops and stuff like that, like it, like it, it would happen in a rare yeah. instance yeah. or something, but not really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Grand Theft Auto always ramps everything yeah, up yeah, to yeah. an extent. Mm. So makes sense to me. And ben, but being by Miami too, though, it could potentially yeah. be crocodiles because there are crocodiles yeah. down that way too. Look out for that. What do you think, Ben? What did I think? I think it looked exactly like I thought the trailer was going to look. I it's yeah. it's they have a style. They have a, they, they have sure a consistent did, yeah. style. Is they go? I mean, it's almost the identical like cinematic setup to GTA Five, right? And you had is it Michael saying a very kind of like yep. similar thing? How how did we end up in this situation? Kind of vibe, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then they show you these lush. Vistas. I think everyone was blown away by the graphical fidelity, which is surprising considering the, how. Don't forget, they also show mud. Mud? Yeah, they mudden. showed mud. Guys, mud. Oh, is that what it's called? Like parting out in the mud? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> mudding. Yeah, we do that in London all the time. <laughs> Excuse me, would you like to go and do some mudding? Um, me and the boys are going to go mudding down the, down the pub. Go out, and, go out into the cars yeah. and like, spin the tires, yeah. get a huge rooster tail. But yeah. I think that, look, we, we, the graphical fidelity of Red Dead Redemption 2, we don't give enough credit for. I mean, maybe we do, but like it, it, that is a PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that looks the way that it does. So the idea that we were surprised by GTA having that plus... Like, you still look at Arthur Morgan and go, that is, yeah. the expressions on that face are amazing. So, of course, like, years and years on, the tech is going to have moved. And yeah. this isn't coming until late 2025. Got to be, right? Like, they've got a lot of a lot of time to perfect this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a good trailer. I saw it on the plane. I landed, and obviously it was a shame that it leaked. Yeah. yeah. Like, leakers can 
boo to you. Um, <laughs> it's, a to sh- you. it's a shame, isn't yeah. it? It's a shame. Don't yeah. ruin it for everyone else. Like, but I mean, at least you didn't have to get up at you know six a.m. Yeah. to watch it. But it was it was a shame. People worked really hard for that beat. You know, people make these games. It's like don't do that. Um, but we all got to see it. It looked great. As we know, like games are not films. We want to know how it plays. We want to know how it feels. But take your time. Make it good. Mm-hmm. Um, I see people being upset that it's going to be 2025. Yeah. I mean, me, a part of me was thinking 2025. Then why did you why did you release the trailer now? You know, mm-hmm. why did you release the trailer in this moment when it's not going to be ready until 2025? And a part of me is thinking, I reckon they knew that someone was going to leak it. You know, I just think them getting ahead of it because Maybe. they don't need to share the beat with anyone, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been linked already, so yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll be early 2025. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be, but also who ca- like. I see people getting oh, angry about it, but I, it's yeah. like... I, I was surprised, but... I, but, but I think we're... This is like the typical December thing, Ben, where it's like 2025. Oh, that's so far away. And it's like, no, that's a year away. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're just like away. now coming to terms where 2025 yeah. is around the corner. I'm going to have to reckon with that. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really scary. Um, but it looks, yeah. it, looks, it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I look forward to playing it. I think that Grand Theft Auto is... It's amazing how there's the video game industry and then there's Grand Theft Auto. The, yeah. the, the size of what that game has achieved, it, it kind of transcends in pop culture anything that kind of exists in the video game world. Yep. Um, you know, people, it's the, op- it's the opportunity for video games to become the central focus of the discourse in popular culture. Mm-hmm. And it will be impossible not to, for better or for worse. I'm looking forward to people getting very upset about it for no reason. But it's, you know, it's ROI up the wazoo. Everyone's going to want to be doing it, yep. reacting to it. It's an opportunity for the game industry to also temporarily try and fix itself a little bit right because mm-hmm. it's like everyone all the traffic's going to go up it's all going to be about grand theft auto it's the it's the thing that might come in and, and save it a little bit but sure. um it looks good i look forward to playing it yeah. i will play it day one and um yeah come on yeah it uh it has a weird effect on people like Michael Huber, who had it's like a fever on him, <laughs> where he's like talking to strangers about it, like at the supermarket, and they're telling him to relax. Like, this yeah. actually happens. Yeah, he called me and just said GTA 6 to me like three times, and that was it. That was the entire conversation. The hype, so, I, sh- I, think, over. I think it shows you like how powerful this front, how important this franchise is to people. Because I would say the trailer's good, mm-hmm. it's a good trailer, it's not an it's not like a it's not the hypest hype trailer, but the power that that game has over people. Yeah. If you love it, what an amazing showing of what that game's going to be. And it's just, I, watching people's reaction is awesome. It's awesome because people cannot wait because how important these games have been. Like, back in the PlayStation 2 era, just those halcyon days of, like, wh- how much that was pushing the tech then mm-hmm. of yeah. what was possible and where we are now the the uh, compare like vice city to that i've seen kind of yeah. people already doing it it's mad how far yeah. we've come it's crazy um so yeah good trailer mm-hmm. would recommend grand theft auto 6 yeah would recommend check it out all right i just want to ask you guys a couple game award predictions first of all ben yeah. nominated yeah. for the game mm-hmm. awards what are yeah. you nominated for tell the people out there i'm nominated for best performance that's right yeah as Clive Rossfield. Clive Rossfield in Final Fantasy 16. That's and I, right. And do you want me to predict whether I'm going to win or not? <laughs> no, we don't have to um, do that. No, we don't have to do I that. I won't make you guys pick actual yeah. who we think is going to win stuff like I, that. I will say this. 
um, I've had the good fortune of basically experiencing everyone's performance in that category, mm-hmm. and everyone's absolutely incredible. Yeah, no doubt. Everyone's super good in it. Like, whoever wins. Stacked year, for stack, sure. Stack, was it stacked year for every category? Yeah, it is. I think yeah. that's the exciting thing. Right? I think maybe this might be one of the first years. Maybe it's because I'm involved in the way that I am. That people might be more excited about to see who wins Game of the Year than sure. actually what the announcements yeah. are. Sure. Um, because people want to know, you know, is it going to be is it going to be Alan Wake two? Is it going to be Baldur's Gate three? Is it going to be Tears of the Kingdom? It's like there's, it's interesting. Though. Yeah. Uh, so we all know Keeley likes to do you know some game announcements and all that kind of stuff. There, definitely. Just want to hear what you guys think. What do you think Keeley might show? Obviously, I'm thinking this is probably very obvious. Is Elden Ring DLC? I think yes. they'll finally show it. I think that's. A, a I think that. it might be further away than people realize, maybe. I do think that's true as well. Yeah. But I think, yeah, this is a place where we could see yeah, it. I think do you be... think that's the closer? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think, I think it think has caliber. A real full, I mean, not a real, but, you know, like a yes. full game, not just an extension. Yeah, I, to me, that's caliber, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously there's one more other one I feel like is a lock, which is Death Stranding 2. Yeah. Keely, Kojima, they're best bros. We haven't seen Death Stranding 2 in a while. It's time to show that puppy off a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out more about what it is, actually. You remember how long we were like, what is Death Stranding? <laughs> we are just like, what is this game? I think it was, it was the case until it came out. People yeah. I'm still not sure what it was. I dedicated my entire life to Death Stranding. I built an entire motorway. Oh, my um, God. I loved it. I would say that's more like motorway build or freeway builder simulator mm-hmm. for me. Dude, I loved it. So I was much. doing it for the likes. Like, I was coming back yeah. and seeing, like, how many likes my it was freeway so fun, got. <laughs> Um, I loved it. I was so proud, and especially when you're like you're making my zip lines through the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like it, what a what a weird and wonderful game that it is. It was so fun. If you put in what you, I, I got so much out of it because of what I put into it. Yep. And it asked a lot of you, you know. But like as soon as you realize, I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm I'm making really good transportation systems mm-hmm. around this world. It was yeah. really fun. I loved it. I thought it was super fun. Damiani, do you have any predictions what they'll show? Maybe some Nintendo. I have. Mean, I don't know about Nintendo. I think, I mean, they could have something there, but I honestly think we're in the phase where Nintendo is probably gearing up for Switch successor in 2024. And so I think if they have any announcement, it would just be something, you know, not too high profile. So I don't expect like something really big there. It's Mm kind of sad that we don't have like, more Smash Brothers fighters to be announced. Because oh, that was right. kind of like oh, yeah. the annual tradition was Keely. Oh. Keely's come around and we get a new fighter for Smash Brothers revealed and they're pretty good. So uh, maybe that tradition will continue if mm-hmm. some new Smash Brothers comes out on Switch 2 at some point. But honestly, don't think we can get or get anything that big from Nintendo. Um, I honestly think maybe we could see um, another trailer for, for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah, uh, we could see Vincent in action because you yep. know he. Oh they, yeah. they had the big reveal of Matt Mercer doing the voice um, mm-hmm. for him. So maybe it's time to. And we've only gotten like the tease of the backside of Vincent. We haven't really gotten like the you know full Vincent reveal yet. So that could be a nice opportunity for that. We also haven't seen Sid yet, even though we know he's not going to be a playable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did confirm he'd be in it, so it'd be kind of nice to get that Sid reveal because that was part of the marketing hype for a remake is each new character. Remember the Tifa unveiling? Like, yeah. we hadn't seen mm-hmm. Tifa yet, and they did a whole like a trailer where, like, we get to finally see Tifa in action, how she looks and everything. It was, like, fantastic. 
I feel like they have to do that for Vincent. I mean, a little bit more for Vincent, but definitely for Sid. Sid's like the mm-hmm. last big question mark. Um, so that'd be really nice. Um, and you mentioned like Kojima, but like going back to his old stomping grounds at Konami, maybe we get a more in-depth look at Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Ooh, Eater remake. That we wouldn't. We wouldn't know. I don't know, know if Keeley would allow Not that. Not Keeley. No way. No way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Have you? Seen, I'm just. I'm loving the shade that he's throwing at that game. Have you seen it? Like he's always just like giving <laughs> yeah, a little jab here and there. Yeah, he's not happy about it. I also think uh, the thing right. that they showed last time kind of gives me pause in terms of like, yeah, they're not ready to show that game more seems yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? I boy? mean, Huber's not here, so I will bring up Silk Song. Oh you know, my the god! Hope, oh, keeping the Silk Song, Shadow, dro- Shadow Drop, Silk Song is oh happening. My god. All right, just gotta All say right. it. Just gotta I say it. I refuse to believe that game exists until I installed. Oh, I mean, on my we've thing. seen gameplay of it. I think it's. The fact that it's anywhere near done, I think, is like the... We don't have that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, yeah. after Microsoft said, it's coming by this date, and then, it no, sure it's not. It. Like, that was yeah, the, sure such an obvious lie. Such an obvious lie. Blood, what do you think? What do you think we could see? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I agree with Damiani that I don't think Nintendo will reveal anything. Uh, but I think that they'll probably have something in there in terms of a trailer. I've just... You know, not 100% sure, like, what else. Peach, you know. maybe? I don't know. Maybe yeah, more Peach that? maybe could be a good one to have in there. Um, and then... Um, what about Sega? Didn't Haven't you seen this? Like this? Oh, Sega s- sent out an invite yeah. that oh, feels... Yeah. Is it, like, that fighting game right. people? It feels like it could be virtual Fighter, fighter related. Yeah, yeah. they oh, did, like, man. that re-release, and it did well for them on Plus, I think. So mm-hmm. what would it be? Would it be six now? I can't remember how many virtual I don't, fighters are. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Six, seven. I can't remember. That'd be cool, though. Aww. Yeah. Um, one of the things that it, since uh, I don't know if you saw the the PC gaming show they did last week, mm-hmm. they had like this one like thirty second thing where they just rattled off a bunch of games where we don't really know anything about, even yeah. though they've been announced for years. One of those was the new Bioshock, and that's oh. kind of stuck in my head now. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, they keep talking about for, how yeah, that's in the works. This rumored Bioshock game. It's for a good so place to show it. As yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Because um, you've also got that, and also what was the Judas? Judas, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is not, which is Ken Levine's yes. thing, not Bioshock. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I think Judas. We actually probably won't see this year. I yeah. think you're right because yeah. I think when they showed it, it was just very early. Like I think that's a 2025 yeah. visualization kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bioshock, it's like, all right, getting getting about time. Getting time. Season. Yeah. Something along those lines of just like mm-hmm. set the mood kind of trailer, which is you know what a lot of these trailers end up being. Um, and then I've been seeing some rumblings that like Xbox is taking the show a little bit more seriously yeah. this year. Oh, okay. So oh, really? Something on the Xbox more side. More Hellblade, of things, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that would be funny. Well, uh, maybe it'll be like yeah. more like actual gameplay of it or something. I don't know. Right. Right. No, I was I was thinking Fable. Um, yeah, we're gonna that's not a bad call well. either. But I was thinking Gears. Oh, I was thinking yeah. again. Yeah, first little tease, first little set the mood. Yeah, I think that's what's next for Gears. They show it again in because like, like, summer. The last thing was like the Gears Five upgrade for the Series X launch. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, three I reviewed years that. ago now. That was a while ago. <laughs> what about Gears Pop Two? Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm predicting. Oh, wow. <laughs> that one. Um, yeah, like. I, I think it's interesting at these awards because, like, in order to have these announcements, they have to be 
in inverted commas, hype moments, right? Yeah. So in doing so, it implies that we have some prior knowledge to our anticipation. So it's like, I liked this thing, therefore I'm going to also like this thing. Because like, I'm i excited about all the stuff that we don't, we can predict, we don't know about. Mm-hmm. What, what like really cool games from either like third parties that we've never heard of before that we're going to watch two minutes of right. and it's just going to go, wow, that was not on my radar until now. But I think that right now it's easy to predict because like I'm going, yeah, Gear Six, that'll be that'll be a cool thing. But like I do think we're gonna. He said something new and unexpected. Yeah. I think was that, okay. and I'm like that. That I'm excited about, and I hope it's not. It probably will be a, a, a new and unexpected. Will be a, a franchise that we recognise that has been reimagined in a new way. That's what that says to me. Please be Banjo Kazooie, but not reimagined too much <laughs> like <laughs> the past one. Um, mm. From what Phil said lately, I. I I wouldn't be shocked if it was there, but I don't think that's happening right now. I don't think anyone's working on that right now. Damn, dude. They just keep hurting me, man. <laughs> just let me be the bear and bird again. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm hoping, maybe a little early, that Final Fantasy 16 DLC, don't say anything. I don't know if you know anything. We won't even they would never let, They would never let me know, I know. anything. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a sniper rifle. Point yeah. Anyways, if you did it, but I'm hoping it might be too far, but I'm hoping we get a little taste. Dominic Shea yeah. is having laughter. I think well because they announced the 16 crossover event in 14 and they gave it a rough window. I think that's probably more likely when we will get oh, okay a DLC announcement because they like to do that kind of marketing synergy there. That sure synergy thing. Um, and we still haven't seen what the 14 stuff in 16 is going to be. So. Oh, I yeah, think they're saving true. it for that because I think it's related to the DLC. So sometime before, like in the next like three to four months, I would say. So probably by like April. But I think mm-hmm. it's a little too soon, probably. So I would I would honestly not expect it. But you know, I like to be pleasantly surprised. And on that <laughs> one, I'd love to see the 60 yeah, DLC right now. Me too. Bring it to me. Let's go. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> one final one is Blood, that Capcom game. Oh. That's just been, you know, talked about. Pragmata? Pragmata? No, 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 no. The one they've been teasing that's going to sell like Monster Hunter numbers. Oh. That's supposed to be yeah, like Monster somebody Hunter had, Somebody had said that that might have been a mistranslation. Oh. Or something like oh, that. Okay. Right. That it may actually be a reference to Dragon's Dragon's Dogma? Okay. Yeah. God, Still it looks wonderful. good. Still wonderful. Oh, okay. my God. I know you probably already covered Dragon's Dogma too, but yeah. Oh, oh you my, can oh, yeah. my, oh my, my, yeah. my, 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 my. I'll use your pawn whenever. That I play. Is, that is that's a good looking video game, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dragon's Dogma is good stuff. I, yeah, sorry, I don't really have anything to add other than wow, Dragon's Dogma two. Yeah, I haven't looked into that, so I don't know for sure. Yeah, you know, okay. But, well, it's something to keep yeah. in mind. Yeah. I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. I think by the end of next Me year, too. Dragon's Dogma, Dragon's Dogma two is going to be spoken about as. Be, I, that, I heard it oh. here first. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be up there. Like, it's gonna like Baldur's Gate three level. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, maybe. I do. I genuinely think so. I, I hope think, so. Like, if you're thinking about who's making this, the expertise yeah. that they have, like what they've managed to combine, and like it's it's got Shadow of the Colossus, it's got Monster Hunter, it's got mm-hmm. like it looks absolutely. It almost looks like an impossible video game, and maybe it is in some way. But I think it's going to be one of those games that people will say, "I haven't played Dragon's Dogma, but I'm going to play Dragon's Dogma yeah. too." I think it really is going to change a lot of people's mind about that franchise. Yeah, I hope so. Dragon's Dogma was awesome, and two looks fantastic. Okay, let's get into actually video games that we've been playing. I have been playing. 
World of Warcraft Classic back on the bend, oh, but right. but there's a new thing. There's a reason I came back. There's a new th- version of the game called Season of Discovery. So what it is is Classic WoW, okay? It only goes to level 25 right now. It's going to be released in waves. However, there are new abilities and new quests and, like, new raids in this version of the game now. Hmm. So I've been playing... I'm playing as a shaman right now, and I'm finding new quests that were not in the original game, and I'm getting new abilities that were not in the original game. This is so weird. Yeah, so you get like some, they're called runes. You can get runes by doing certain quests. Wild like, multiverse. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they like slot into your gear, and they give you completely new moves, and you're able to like build your characters differently than you were in the original game. Like some classes that were damage only heal they can heal now also. Mm. Some people that couldn't tank can tank now also. So it's just like this weird right. amount of flexibility they're giving to you now, which is really fun for someone like me who played WoW the first day it came out. It's been really fun revisiting. I've been playing with a couple of my real-life friends, and Ben Moore's been playing also, so it's nice. been really sweet. Check back in there. But, yeah, it's just been an, a super electric time because the servers, you know, everyone's playing. It's packed right now. It's just so alive. You need to mm. talk with people in this game to group up with them. You got to communicate a lot more now. So it's been really hitting that uh, that spot I've been missing a lot in my MMO days. It's really making me feel like a boomer in all the best ways. <laughs> so I'm very pleased with that. But um, do you feel like do you feel like this momentum's going to keep up for it? Because I've been I seeing a lot of people jumping. I don't there. know. It seems like WoW just kind of ups and downs with it. Mm -hmm. They seem to be doing a lot of seasonal content nowadays, so that could help. But WoW, I mean, WoW's like almost 20 years old and it's still going. It's just like, and they just got Microsoft money, so. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to stop. I think they're just going to keep adding things, especially because it's weird because it's divided into classic WoW and normal like retail WoW's also going at the same time. So it's just like this weird beast of like two separate fan bases almost for the same game. And I like both. I think they're both fun, but it's just, it's been really cool just to revisit a lot of these locations How does that with work new with, twists. Like, the sub, is it, you just get both? Yes, mm. you okay. get both. Just one sub, you get both. So it's easy. You can hop back and forth, no problem. But um, yeah, it's been awesome. Just like, it's how, how simple some things are, especially because, you know, it's like 20 years old now. How simple some of the combat is. Like, you know, to start, you only have like a couple of buttons you're pushing, and that's about it. But sometimes. Things, if you're not careful, you can get killed pretty quickly. If you're not too careful, you can get overwhelmed. And what's really special about this version of WoW, I think, is also the world. Just exploring the world now. How Because the original Azeroth, which was two continents, was so well designed with so many different environments. It's been really great to revisit them with new uh, tweaks and all that kind of stuff. They also made one of this zone in the original game called Ashenvale. It's like, in the, the lore of the game, orcs and Night Elves are always fighting over it for, like, lumber and stuff like that. They've made an, an outdoor PvP zone now also to really incentivize you to get out there more, and you can get rewards from doing it. Like, you can get mounts just to ride in that area. So I've only, you know, I'm, like, level... Level cap's 25. I think I'm 13 right now, so I'm, like, about halfway there. But it it's just been a lot of fun, man. I'm having a really great time. It's just... I see why people continue to play this game even though it's so old. It's like old school RuneScape, you know? It's the same vibe. People just love it. Have they promised that they're going to update it? Yeah. There's going to be more. So, yeah. There's, it's like phase one right now, which goes to level 25. Then they'll do phase two, which is level 40. And they'll add a bunch of new stuff into that. Then it'll go to 50, then to 60. So there'll be like four different things. And the new stuff, sorry, the new stuff they're going to add in is the old stuff. Uh, it's... 
new stuff in the old stuff. So yeah. it's like the old content, but they've added some, some new content into that old content. The snake is eating itself. Exactly. <laughs> really? It's ridiculous, isn't yes. it? And also, like, oh, yeah, I'm going, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But it, what, a, what a weird place to be in where you've, yeah. it's been around for so long that people are going back and there'll be new players coming and experiencing yeah. it for the first time. There are new players, yeah. It's super God. weird. But it's awesome. You know, I'm glad to see people playing such a great game. Do you think? Do you think that as a result of them, I, and I don't know much about it. Do you mm-hmm. think with them focusing on WoW Classic, what what's the state of the other game? The other game is actually yeah, seems in a pretty decent well, right? state, yeah. and they yeah. announced three expansions for it going forward. Is that the crazy, yeah. the crazy demo? So the crazy trailer they had the other. Recently? Yeah, they showed some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. they announced three expansions back to back for the game which is they've never done anything like that so they have like a plan of purpose they're very they're like two separate teams the wow teams oh. you got the retail current stuff and you get the classic teams. so they got yeah. people working on yeah them. when they went to blizzcon there's like here's our 10 year plan yeah wow. yeah it was yeah. crazy it was wild but um yeah i'm having a really good time playing it i can't wait to play more and check out that new raid that they added hopefully i'll get to do it with ben and some of my friends like huber's gonna play too nice we just got to get around to it Michael Damiani, though, Final Fantasy really? 3 and 5, you've been playing a lot of Pixel Final Fantasy. Yes, the Pixel yeah, the Remasters. Pixel Re- Heck yeah. Let's start with 3. He just lost Sorry. his headphones. Hand. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> start with 3, Damiani. Yeah, I gotta fix that. Um, sure, I can start with 3. Uh, I did um, want to say real quick on the, the WoW thing. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I didn't know about that season of discovery stuff. I think I heard that phrase, but I didn't understand mm-hmm. what it was before. Uh, just want to say I really like the idea of re- this messing around with old content and yeah. just mm-hmm. being chaotic with it. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't how it was before. We're gonna give you different abilities that your job shouldn't have even had. Like, and it, yep. it's like its own separate thing, so it doesn't impact the main game. It's like separate yep. from that. I like I love that idea, and I wish. Other MMOs would do the same yeah. thing. So that actually, I mean, I don't know. How, I mean, you seem to be enjoying it, and mm-hmm. I, I, I assume like future updates will, you know, hopefully be as good. So yeah. I, I, that's a really cool idea that I wish others would be a little bit more receptive to. And yeah. one last thing, I forgot yes. during our like uh, Keeley thing, we didn't talk about any like movie or video game like TV oh, show stuff right. that would be there. That Sonic Three live action or the trailer. Absolutely, Keely's oh, going. We're shit. gonna see Shadow. Yeah. We're seeing Shadow. Shadow in action. Yeah, Shadow yep. the Hedgehog. Is he gonna have the gun? <laughs> that yep. could be the Sega thing, maybe. That would be very <laughs> funny if that was the yeah. Sega thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy three and five are two Final Fantasy games uh, I never finished um, mm. and didn't really play much of in the past. And there are obviously a lot of Final Fantasy games in this series, and I haven't had the pleasure of playing through all of them. Uh, I tried playing Final Fantasy III's remake on the DS for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Did not like it at all, so kind of bailed on it. And Final Fantasy V, I had played up until the part where you go to the other world. There's two planets, Mm -hmm. and I went to the other planet, and I didn't remember getting very far after that. I just remember the battle on the big bridge because of Mm -hmm. Gilgamesh, uh, a.k.a. Greg, um, and that music, that that famous composition yeah. by now that everyone loves. And I don't remember anything beyond that either. So when the Pixel Remasters came out, I said I'm absolutely going to play through 3 and 5 to completion because of the quality of life stuff they threw in there. They, they, they've made them more 
you know, easy to get through because you have those yeah. boost features. And I definitely have that boost on. I'm not ashamed to admit it because I do. don't want to grind in these games. Oh, sure. Yeah, the whole purpose fine. for me is to, I just want to get through them and enjoy them and not have to like sit around for like 20, 30 minutes grinding up a level just to overcome a boss. So I would that's, actually that's say... That's funny because when I played Final Fantasy V and didn't finish it, I was all about grinding because I was in a situation where I couldn't save the game. Oh, right. Oh, wow. oh no. That's <laughs> so I was good. just trying to over-level myself as much as possible. Beat it, yeah. And yeah. then that one boss that just, like, sucks you into himself. Just like, okay, game's over now. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Oh, I know what yeah. you're talking. You're talking about Hardcore Atomos. Run. Yes. Yeah. I just fought that boss um, last night, actually. Um, and it was the one boss so far that actually felt like a bit of a challenge despite using the boosted experience. Um and I was like, do I have to actually grind? Now, I pulled it out, but it was a bit of a mess of a fight. All the other fights had gone pretty smoothly. But that's because I feel like I'm pretty well-versed in Final Fantasy. And so yeah. some of that challenge is just having like, the knowledge of what jobs do. And yeah. speaking of jobs, Final Fantasy 3... I mean, we'll get to 5 in a little bit. But Final Fantasy 3, this yeah, is a game the job games. that... Yep. The, yeah, the two job games. And I'm really ashamed of myself for not playing through three earlier because of how much i love final fantasy 14 i would say three is one of the most integral final fantasy games to final fantasy 14 in general in terms of like how they've repurposed stuff the whole crystal tower series is basically mm -hmm. from final fantasy 3 you have the ancient labyrinth which is literally the labyrinth of the ancients you have the crystal tower you have the world of darkness you have zand you have cloud of darkness the, and not just that, the story is basically Shadowbringers. In the past, this ancient advanced civilization, uh, <laughs> you yep. might have heard that in 14, and a flood of light kind of destroyed them. I was like, oh, okay, this is like the, this is, this is Shadowbringers. I'm like, yeah. oh my, even, even a job system. You have your independent level for your characters, but each job you unlock, they can go up to level 99. So you have job level. And you, I was like, it's like, oh, my gosh. And like you just switch them <laughs> out of combat. I'm like, there's so much DNA in this game that's found in like 14. I was like, this, I am I'm such a mm -hmm. fraud. But I have remedied that. And I have finished Final Fantasy 3. And I have to say, like, I really enjoyed that game. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm, I'm actually shocked they went to Final Fantasy 4. I would have thought 4 would have come before 3 if you didn't give me the numbers and had me play all six games of the original 2D ones. I'd be like, it would go 1, 2, 4, 3 would have been my pick. And it's like, oh, no. Like, cause 4 kind of went back to a, like a very story-driven, everyone has one job, very yeah. focused. It doesn't have that, that depth that this job system has. Uh, obviously not as robust as 5, but the the amount of jobs they're like throwing at you and the fact that you can just change them on a whim. I mean, you start like the funny joke is you start as the onion knight. So you're four onion knights who are just like generic fighters. And then you also have like a freelancer, but I mean you got mm -hmm. like your you got your casters, you got like white mage, black mage, red mage, you got like your warrior, monk, ranger, but then they also have like I forgot they have like the advanced jobs. So like mm -hmm. when you're like a white mage and like you want more of that, like you, you can get like what is it, the the sage. They have sage, mm -hmm. which is like a more right. potent like white mage, and then like the magus is like the more potent like black mage user. You get like ninja and like you get dark knight. You have a Viking job in this game. I was like, wait, there's a mm -hmm. Viking? <laughs> um yeah, yep. you like so like Ranger goes the bard. I was like, this is this is pretty cool. This is a very important piece of Final Fantasy history. 
um, from like a job system, from a gameplay system. Um, and then just like, you know, the music in this game, like hearing a lot of the, like the music, like all these games have really great music, but hearing some of those themes again, um, in their original form, because I've obviously heard Final Fantasy 14 versions of them, but like, you know, the, the overall theme, it's like, oh my gosh, I've heard this so many times, but now I'm hearing this version, the battle theme, it's really well done. Um, and I like how the premise you're on this floating Island and like I'm like, is this game not that long? And then you get like an airship, and then you, you you it doesn't tell you what to do. I love that about Final Fantasy old school games. They'll give you that point where they give you like some kind of mechanism to travel, and they don't they kind of tell you where you need to go, but you don't know how to get there. And so you're just kind of like wandering around the map for a little bit, and you come across like maybe a different town. And you go, oh, this stuff's way too expensive. I got to come here later. Or you wander into a zone like, oh, these levels, these enemies are too high. So they kind of do that, but like I wasn't encountering any of that. I'm like, where do I go? I'm like, well, let me circle the the globe because you know you go over the like you go right, you'll end up on the left side. You do that, you find out that's your little floating continent, a small piece of a giant world. I was like, what? I "I didn't know that was coming, and I was like, what? (laughs) There's a whole other world on here. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then yeah, you get like two airships. You get like an airship that goes really fast. Um, because there's a part where you have to like go against this wind current. If you try and go against it, like you get blown out. You get like a giant airship, like called the Invincible. It's the weirdest mechanic. I don't think I've ever seen this in this a Final Fantasy game before or after this. You have to go up to like mountain ranges and hit a button where it like leaps over them, and it can only leap over two like pi- like pixels or whatever of like. Um, or tiles, like tiles of pixels of a of a mountain range, and that like that's how it works. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so. There's just so many weird and quirky things in this, and uh, obviously uh, the original version, this pixel remaster, it's kind of based off of, doesn't have like the character names, but I did name all my characters mm-hmm. after the DS version to give them, you know, that Cannon. personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you have any like like questions or stuff, but like I like was very bummed that i didn't play this sooner and very happy that i now can add it to my mm. list of i've yeah. finished this very cool and once i finish five i will have completed all the classic 2d final fantasy nice games. how are you finding um that leap from three to five because there is so much dna with the job stuff like I, you know you talk about like as soon as you said oh, i'm using all the things to help me out when i think of three and five i think of the grind because of the fact that you are doing both the job class and you're also doing um the level itself like what do you feel that like you prefer five because I think five has a really emotional story in it um, more so than three and it kind of almost seems Mm -hmm. to combine um, and so there's some there's some big beats in five like so when I think of like Mm -hmm. moments in Final Fantasy there's some like oh oh, crap they did that Um, but do you think that I almost feel like they take the emotional beats of four combine them with the mechanics of three and then that's what you get with Final Fantasy five but I hear a lot of people talk about this game a bit like a black sheep five they say it really? was too much too much grind like oh, there are five or three five. Oh, interesting yeah I've heard Obviously, that because it's three but yeah. not five as much <laughs> well there you go so, oh, we're hearing bad things well, about all Final Fantasy yeah. <laughs> but like how yeah. are you finding five now so I could say this and the first part of what you asked with the jobs um, in three, you don't share abilities. Like you just switch that job, and then you have that. You can clip the gear and abilities. Like you don't gain a benefit for mm-hmm. like there's like even maxing out the job. There's something else you can do for apparently if you max out every job. But it's not you don't share abilities across jobs like you can do in five. 
Instead, the more you level up the job, the more potent some of their skills. Like uh, like Bard, I believe, or Ranger, whichever one has uh, Payon, the, the one that like heals you or whatever, like the, the Bard song. It gets more potent as you level up, I notice. It's like, oh, it like barely heals my party for everything. Now it heals for a lot. Mm -hmm. um, whereas five is definitely of the first six and probably up until you know the later games, it is the most advanced job system because mm -hmm. you can, as you level up and you gain levels of mastery uh, for each job, you can you unlock new skill sets within that job as well as you can you have a secondary slot in your abilities. You have your primary abilities, and then you can bring over a shared ability from another job. So if you max out white mage to like level six or seven, whatever it is, and then you go black mage and you get to level seven, that character can equip white mage level seven abilities and black mage. So like, you don't even need red mage at that point. You are like the god tier red mage right there because you have black and white spells. You're just going nuts because you have everything. Or you can combine time with white mage or white mage with summoner. And like mm -hmm. you just get these crazy powerful jobs once you put in the time in them. And they each have like a cap, unlike an earlier cap. Whereas three, it goes up to 99, which is insane. I didn't come anywhere close to doing that. But the jobs in Final Fantasy V, some of them only have two levels to master. Yeah. And you, mm -hmm. it's the, the ability points. You just got to earn those on top of experience. So you just, it makes you think a little bit more strategically because you can go look at the jobs, look at the description, see some of their abilities. And like, I kind of want that. So like me knowing Final Fantasy is like, I want the time mage ASAP. I like, I mm -hmm. want that like haste and I want that like regen. And I like, I want those like abilities. And I want white mage obviously for its defensive stuff. But then it's like, you have these other ones like, like Ninja with its like throw. It's like, well, that's pretty strong. Monk yep. is very strong because they get HP boost. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just very... It's like night and day how much more uh, in-depth Final Fantasy V is than any of the first six Final Fantasies when it comes to the job system. Five and is, I understand is, why... Go ahead. Sorry, I mean to interrupt you. Like, five is... Because um, I think as Hiroshi Sakai, the director of Final Fantasy XVI's first Final Fantasy game he worked mm -hmm. on, and they talk about like the lineage between five and 16 is actually very, very similar in the way that like you can master... You master a particular ability in 16 oh, and you yeah. can equip it to something else. And there is yeah. a lot of... Um, the way they keep that from five, and you can see that there's a lot of similarities mechanically in linking, they're very different games, um, but that's there is a lineage there between and how important five is. You've got uh, mid is a part of yep. that game. Like there yep. are just so many other yep. things that are mid. Yeah, <laughs> um, I forgot mid was in there. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but it's there's it's a really important game when it comes to kind of like the you know the present state mm -hmm. of Final Fantasy of like things that were lifted directly from that game. I apologize for interrupting you, Damiani. No, that was that was great because that the. You, the other point that we didn't discuss that you asked about, um, like the kind of like the story beats and the emotional attachment, three does feel the pixel remaster version feels like your main characters are just kind of faceless heroes. I mean, just the generic warriors, like you are onion knights. I know the mm -hmm. DS. I read up the DS version does have a different opening where you don't start with all four characters. You actually have a little bit of like job or sorry character development for some of them before they join your party but most of it is about like the world around you and side characters because uh, a pivotal moment like five other characters you know this happens every final fantasy have to come to your aid you know they're like the, 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 the chosen ones who are also help you so everyone around you in the world kind of has all the development and everything's happening to you whereas five is definitely 
more like four where you have this cast of characters who have these very unique personalities they yeah. develop over the course of the adventure and you do feel for them there there are those like you know heart tug at your heartstring moments with those yeah. some of those mm -hmm. revelations and also i forgot that cryo was in this game another final fantasy 4 yep. sta 14 staple i was like oh Kry i was like there's cryo i was like all right mm -hmm. uh, this is really really cool to see but yeah you have like bart's you know misnamed originally but you have bart's mm -hmm. you know the the main kind of like first character you come across and is like trusty chocobo yeah what's his chocobo's have, like, name uh, I boko i believe okay yeah, yeah. it's yeah you don't really stay with them for too long no. um and then you meet like Lena the princess, Ferris, who also turns out to be somebody else later. Um, uh, is it uh, Gallif? Uh, Gallif, right? Yeah, Gallif. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. who has amnesia? You know, pretty common trope. Gallif is like one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters. Like, has an absolute arc in this game. Yeah, he's so sick. just shout out to Gallif. When you when you find out who they are, and then you get to meet some of their like old friends. Also, they're called the the warriors, the Dawn Warriors, warriors like the Dawn Warriors. I'm like the next expansion for Final Fantasy XIV is called Dawn Trail. I'm like, hmm. I'm paying, like, I'm paying a lot of attention to Final Fantasy V right now because maybe there's some hints in here I should be paying attention to. I was like, hmm. But yeah, meeting his old comrades like because yeah, the world sick. you go to halfway through the game is so different in terms of like you have a werewolf town. I'm like, there's a town of werewolves. I'm like, wait, what? Like, it's like a monster-filled world, and it's like normal, whereas the world you start on is this pretty kind of like vanilla, to say, you know, the least. And they really, you know, they do a really good job with like the, the modes of like how you get around. Um, it is definitely more paced towards the story. I think 3 feels a little bit more open, whereas 5 does feel a little bit more dictated to you. But like, that's not a bad thing, because I'm still feel like I have a lot of experts. Like, once you get, like, the submersible, you can just go around a lot of places. And it's like, the game's telling you to go here, but you have access to so much. Are you, you really think I'm just going to go to the next spot? No, I'm going to find the next village I'm not supposed to be at that has those nice, shiny new weapons and armor mm -hmm. because I want to, like, oh, yeah, and those new spells. I'm always on the hunt for those new spells. And secrets, both these games, like the, the, the secrets. Like, that's the thing that Final Fantasy, the old ones, did even back then. Those, like, hidden passages... How to unlock, like, your best weapons. Like, in 5, it is something to do with, like, tomes you got to acquire. And then yeah. you unlock, like, this seal in, like, this like, ancient there's castle. Like a, yeah, there's, like, a zone with all the weapons in there. You have to unlock them. Yeah. 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 I love that type of stuff. And 3 also had, like, a similar thing. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say the only thing that's, like, you know, for you know, completionist or for maybe not necessarily purist, but for those looking for the total experience, these, none of these versions include any of like that bonus content. So right. any extra dungeons aren't in here. So uh, that would be my only dream would be for them to reconcile that at some point. But just again, the visuals in these games, like the music is great. You can change between the music if you want the original version too, but like the visuals, like the amount of the stuff they do with the effects in these games is like really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it to me that's like worth it alone. Like it's not bad looking sprites; they look very good, and they're doing these really cool layers of effects on top of all the magic and the explosions, and it just adds some more oomph to it because it's like, oh man, like these are old games. So maybe if you're a newer player, like I don't really feel as connected to these older visuals, but 
the, these little touches they do, I think, gives it enough where it's like, I do feel a bit of that emotion. I do feel when this character is sacrificing themselves by jumping into a flaming cauldron or something like that. Or, I'm going to stay behind and blow this up and you need to get out of here and survive. Like, it's good stuff. Also, the quirkiness. The, 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 the hmm. like, I swear, one, like, the, their, their animations, like, when they get knocked around, when they spin, like... It's like Mario RPG, like Super Mario RPG. Yeah. I think they were, like, I didn't draw that connection. It's these games. That's the Final Fantasy yes. side taking this quirkiness and putting it into Super Mario RPG since I just played through the Switch version recently. I'm like, holy crap, that's where it comes from. There's even Wait right a there. song in five. Wait right there. Wait right there. Colt Smith wrote in. How do you feel about the lighter, sillier tone in Final Fantasy V? Okay. I generally feel like the over-the-top emotions make it incredibly charming and make the characters really stand out in an otherwise very vanilla, low-stakes story. It's far from the top of my Final Fantasy list, but I think it has a bit of that Dragon Quest-style charm that makes it yeah. a genuine gem. Yeah, uh, yeah it does I, have a lot of good humor, actually. Yeah, I, say, I, I, just, I, I think, think it's, it I think it's the humor. I think it's the humor that when there are those, because I think there's some really emotional beats in five. There are, yeah, and absolutely. I think because because it, it is such a because it is quite whimsical in that way. Mm-hmm. But when it when they do hit, you're like, oh, I did not expect this game to do that, yeah. or mm. to do that to that particular character, etc. So, yeah, I think it hits really hard. I w- I remember playing it, and I was playing it on PlayStation One when the PlayStation yeah. anthology or whatever it was, and uh, not expecting the story to hit me the way that it did because it just seems kind of like fun and like adventure and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And then it feels very Dragon Quest. Yeah, exactly. It does feel very Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denki King wrote in also, Hey fellas, it's been a few years now since I beat Final Fantasy V, but I remember getting stumped on what to do next so often that I eventually just played through the second half or so of the game with a walkthrough. Perhaps this is just par for the course with older Final Fantasy games. Are you having difficulty figuring out what to do next to advance the plot? Excited to hear your thoughts on this game because I rarely hear people talk about it. I would like for there to be a way to track in some kind of like log, what maybe like was the last piece of key dialogue? I believe oh. two had something like that, so you could because I had the keyword thing because you had to remember passwords, mm-hmm. and they never really went back to that. So you could look that up and be like, "Oh, I think I need to go do this." Because there were times where I mean, I was trying my best to pay attention to the story, and a lot of times, like, okay, something like we we're, we're gonna go do this, but like something big just happened, like a dragon was injured, and we went to go do this, and they said they're gonna go take care of it maybe we should go check in on that and see like what was going on like that was what i needed to do Mm -hmm. and they do a lot of that go to point you start point a go to point b then go to point c and then like remember point a and it's like you or, or something that was said at point a you need to remember that to figure out where to go next and that part i think could have used like a little bit more like quality of life like massaging sure. something like that mm-hmm. to improve it um but there definitely was like i forget where but there was one point where i couldn't quite figure out where to go i think it was after um it was a part with the black chocobo and i was mm. trying to figure out where to go next with it and i ended up just flying to all like the castles and downs and eventually i was like <laughs> trying to remember stuff and i was like let me talk to this let me talk to this and honestly this might this is not excusing the games from a fault of, you know, this is a little bit of a fault on their end. Um, and they haven't been, like, updated. But as a rule of thumb, if you're going to play a classic Final Fantasy game, always talk to everybody. Like, that, if right. you're stuck, you talk to every NPC. No matter how mundane they seem, talk to them, please. 
Like, when I first played through Final Fantasy IV on Super Nintendo, the two, uh, I thought there was, like, an in-room in one of the castles, and I was like, there's nothing important there. It was where Sid was healing, and that's who you needed to talk to to advance. I was running around, like, the dwarf underworld forever, and I'm like, where do, what do I do? <laughs> Did I break the game or something? I mean, as a, I didn't, you know, as a kid, I wasn't thinking that, but uh, I was just like, what do I do? And I went in there, and I, like, was like, oh, my God. I, like, literally sat myself down and said, you remember this for the rest of your life. Always talk to every NPC in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Do that before you complain about where you go, where to go next. You talk to every NPC, and I don't care how, how like random they seem. You talk to them. Yeah, man. Uh, I played through this also over the summer for the first time. <laughs> I played it. I started it. Then 16 came out, and I played that. Then I went back to 5, and I was like, oh, man, what was I doing in this game again? Right. But (laughs) I got so damn addicted to the job system. I love job systems already, but good Lord, I was addicted to just maxing every single job out that I could, switching constantly, and, like, you're saying, Diamond, getting those abilities and putting together with other jobs. Man, I felt so broken so many times in that game, just, like, with things like I had. Like the samurai dude, I had like tons of money just throwing money at everyone. Just yeah. I was like throwing just tons of money at the last boss. Just dude, huge damage. I was like, God, this is so fun that I can do this. I I, I do yeah. kind of like that that mechanic. Four had some of that with the ninja throwing as well. It's just like yeah. you got a, just a bunch of junk weapons, just like toss them at enemies. Yeah, man. <laughs> and you can put like the ninja dual wield on the other classes too. So like yes. you can have heavier guys like dual wielding is so much fun. But yeah, Final Fantasy yeah. V is really good. I really enjoy it when I play through it. Highly recommend it. There's um, so I've so have you played Octopath Traveler two? Not two. I played Octopath a Traveler. bit of it. Yes, it's a it's a, an incredible game, yeah. and it gets when you get towards the end game, like the level of complexity that you can get, like they it's it's mm-hmm. really really amazing. And there's a skill that a character has where like they can call on like heroes that you can have people fight with you by basically paying them money to come oh, okay. fight with like you. A mercenary and there are some stuff where you can just get them to just throw the weirdest stuff. So you've <laughs> just got like this like lovely person from this tiny town who's just throwing crazy amounts of damage. And they're the most unsuspecting little person and they're mm. running along and be like, hey, I'm just gonna summon this incredibly powerful person to come and just like destroy this enemy. And it's very, very satisfying. Sorry. No, that sounds awesome. Just you saying you can throw weird things at enemies. I mean, yeah. Octopath Traveler 2. If you want weird things thrown at enemies octopath traveler too good to know yeah all right uh, okay let's talk about dredge bloodworth oh about dredge let's yeah. talk about dredge i finished dredge i love dredge yeah you're going through it you're pretty far I no i finished it. oh you finished yeah. it okay let's I, talk like not this weekend but the thanksgiving did you play weekend. the dlc that came out i have not okay played the i haven't DLCs. played it either no you know there's another new one that just came out too um but yeah, I played through the main game, and it was it was just one of those funny turnaround moments because uh, I was you know looking through things uh, before like I submitted the votes. Yeah, before I submitted the votes, I was looking for things to play, and I was like I started up Dredge and like I'm like. I don't know if I'm gonna be into this right now. You know, just like the, that's how I felt. The management and the like going out there and fishing and stuff. It's like I don't know. And then I swear it was like 15 minutes later I was caught in the loop. Yep, caught. In Same that thing loop. happened to me. And then like just yeah, one of those things where you keep things like oh you know I'll go out for one more run, go out for another more run, and then it's like 
three or four in the morning or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Looking for a weird fish. Looking for a weird fish. Look, you know, just or just you know, like trying to explore an area. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you go out to a certain distance, and it starts getting dark, and it's like, all right, I got to head back <laughs> yeah. in. You know, and and then yeah, just little upgrades to your ship and coming across new things, and it's just it's such a great. Like, it, it really shows how well um, limitations mm-hmm. can work, like, in mm-hmm. designing a game and, and making that work. Because it's like, if you didn't have that, you know, that limitation of, of night and the speed of your boat and all of that to start out with, then it's like, okay, you could probably just mop up everything in that game. Yeah. Like, right away, and it wouldn't be very interesting. But it's just by, like, putting those things on there, Slowly, you know, yeah. and, and, and allowing you to kind of, like, Upgrade a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. It's like, okay, you can't, like, shove everything into the boat. So it's like your boat's filled up. Go back, buy a couple upgrades or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. And, yeah, and then the way that the story kind of, like, unravels a little bit at a time is you kind of, like, you know... Find those artifacts and, and yeah. Go there's the definitely quest. some eldritch things in this game. <laughs> where you expect Cthulhu to pop out or something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The, like some of the the the, the aberrations mm-hmm. that you you pull up from the deep and you're just like, what the heck yeah. is that thing? Um, and and yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Like when you come across the stones that have the symbols on them, and it's like, okay, what it mm-hmm. what do what I, is this? Do with what this? Do I do? Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's it's cool because it's like. There is, when you see the ending, it changes your whole perception of the game, but it's not dependent on seeing that twist. Right. Like, you can have fun with that game, mm-hmm. and the story doesn't even necessarily matter, mm-hmm. but then, yeah seeing, yeah, seeing where it plays out, like, just puts you in a different mindset. Yeah, so basically anyone who hasn't seen the game is it is you are just a little, like, tugboat. Yeah. And you're just out in the ocean, there's many islands, there's different depths to the ocean where you can... F- fish for stuff like actual fish or like some junk you can sell like that and as you're doing this you slowly like start upgrading your boat you slowly start learning more about like people you like do some quests for people you, like learning about new regions and you unlock a new area and they have like mechanics tied to those areas like there's like the lava volcano area yeah. or something like that then there's one that's like a bayou where you gotta like n- navigate through there but if you hit stuff with your boat you take damage with your yeah, ship if you, hit, you, if you bump into anything with your boat at all it's, yeah. it's it could be brutal because it's like Oh, uh, your engines just went out, so you're going to yeah. move incredibly slow. Mm-hmm. Or you just knocked out your fishing gear, so you've got to go back and repair to yep, get your exactly. fishing gear working again or whatever. you know. And, and that's that's part of it, too, because it's like the way your boat is laid out is like a Resident Evil case. Yeah, it's like and, a cachet case. You know, and so it's like, but there are certain specific points where, like, you have to put something these, there. these things here. Yeah, right? like It's a, like a you can only put... Like your your fishing gear on the sides, you can only put your engines in the back. You can only put your lights in the front, and then you've got to like twist the different shapes of fish to mm-hmm. figure out where they're gonna fit in there, mm-hmm. um, and you know, yeah, and decide what you're what you're gonna sacrifice. And yeah, when. there's some weird, scary fish out there too. Like I saw something <laughs> humongous. It looked like a leviathan or something, and yeah. I never saw it again. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> What's freaky about this game too is the sun goes down. You get, like, a fear meter almost or something yeah. like that, and you'll start seeing stuff if it goes up too high, and you have... It's very dark outside, and you have, like, a little light usually. That That's it, but if you have that light on, it attracts things to you also, and these weird creatures will definitely mess up your ship, and you'll ruin your run. 
But yeah. you're right. It's just so damn addictive, these loops you can do. Just like, you know, just go out there and grab that and head back real yeah. quick. And if you're out there in the dark, too, um, you know, like, they have this thick fog yeah. around you. So it's like, it's not, it's not just that, like, it's too dark to see. It's like... Basically, the rocks are invisible until you get yeah, you within a certain right zone. Into them. Yeah, so you you go too fast and you you could regret it. Yeah, I really like the way the game looks too visually. Mm-hmm. It's like a very cartoony looking kind of game, and it's very peaceful also sometimes. Like, of course, there's some tense moments, but it is just such a damn relaxing yeah. game. Yeah, there'll be times where like some dolphins will go by yeah. or or like a, yeah, know, not everything's like trying to kill you, but yeah, yeah, it's really good. I really like that game. I uh, I want to play the DLC because it's like Arctic stuff. I think. Yeah, the like, new, newest yeah. one is Arctic. I forget what the ones before nice. that are. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I highly recommend. And that I'm game. curious again with the story how that fits in at all. Yeah. Because the story I, yeah. feels like it's a very like boom ba dum ba dum. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's over, very definitely over at the end. So I want to know kind, yeah, kind of what the DLCs are doing. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm stoked you finish it. Yeah, you need to play, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic, so yeah, I do. I know it's, it screams. It's me, it's, yeah. it's not long either, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty short. Because I do think I feel bad. I got through it in just like a couple of nights. Yeah, yeah, you could be in like two, three nights probably. Okay, <clears throat> it's time for sort it out. Wow, <laughs> you just cut that out for me. Loud. That's, that's right. Loud. We got to do it. That was too much. No. It's going to get louder much. next yeah. time. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, in this segment, we just talk about, you know, game, company, anything in the game industry that's just kind of annoying us, that needs a little sorting out, something mm. we're not too happy with. Mm. What do you boys got, if anything? You want to think about it? I mean, right, at the moment, Leaks. Leaks, leaks yeah. Leaks, leaks is a great leaks. one. Yeah. Oh, leaks yeah. is a great one. I don't know. Who's sorting it out? <laughs> that case, oh, Rockstar so shorted that like, out. Yeah, I mean, you've got the, you've got the leakers. They and killed you've that got, man. Like, however, however it managed to leak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny because it's like, did you not see the last time that this happened and the person you know, went to jail? Yeah, they're like <laughs> in the gulag, dude. <laughs> Why would you yeah. leak anything from Rockstar? <laughs> Someone was joking that the uh, 8, 8 original time for today was just going to be a live stream of them uh, break, you know, the FBI raiding the leakers' house. Oh, man, that would have been funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not clever. Don't do it. Don't do it. But right. they will do it. They will People do it. will continue to do yeah. it. But, I mean, a so, sort of similar thing happened in this, you know, with the Last of Us 2 remastered. Yep. That one wasn't malicious. That was like a technical issue that mm-hmm. like it popped up on the store it was on their end yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and beyond good and evil same sort yep. of thing it's them yeah so what happens oh, is usually games are leaked like it'll be it's it was available for five minutes on the mm-hmm. whatever store in some of the uh, you know online store and you're going oh well that's the release date of that thing completely ruined <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah yeah uh let's see moises silver wrote in sorted out capcom what are you doing you put out easily one of the best fighting games I've ever played, but you just continuously bombard your fans with these greedy microtransactions. Yeah. First, the throwaway battle passes, then the exuberant turtle tax on the Ninja <laughs> Turtle skins, and now we finally get skins for the actual Street Fighter VI roster, and it costs $100 for all of them. Whoa. I was excited for the eventual Capcom Games crossover cost, but now I'm just worried. Street Fighter VI deserves better than this, and you know it. Sort it out. 
Yeah, I heard uh, <laughs> that's getting pretty expensive over there on those microtransactions. Yeah, and they're also embracing the uh, whatever like other mobile game already does, even though this is a mobile game where you buy a currency in game so you can uh, redeem yeah. for like those outfits and you can't buy the amount you need for one right, you have no. to buy yeah. more so that you're buying extra so you'll have leftover and so they know you'll have to buy more later or that you'll just sit on that and obviously people just want you know them to have that option and also because it's sold in game and not through like you know third like steam they can't like capcom you know, they don't like less likely they'll be discounted or go on sale or something right. like, potentially. Yeah. Right. So, right. yeah, I definitely see. Like, I mean, it's what everyone's doing, but I feel like Capcom should just be aware of optics with their history, especially around fighting game microtransactions and the whole you know brouhaha over when the the DLCs on the disking back in the day. It's like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you might want and like all their versions of street. It's like you should tread lightly when it comes to this stuff and not you know you, you did so well with Street Fighter Six. Like come like come on, keep that goodwill train rolling. Don't 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 have too many mishaps. Like hopefully they could maybe course correct like on this. You know it's not too late, but don't you know we've seen too many games this year already that had excellent launches and. Post release support, you know, had missteps and, yep. uh, you know, they're struggling, you know, they're scrambling, sorry, to get things back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Street Fighter 6, when I've played, is so good. So hopefully they sort all that out. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm curious what you guys think about this one. Alexander Zirinov wrote in I've said it before, and unfortunately, I have to say it again. Announcements have no place in the Game Awards. (laughs) So many people say that 2023 was one of the best years for video games, yet almost no one will remember these amazing titles and their post-Game Awards discourse because they will all be talking about the future releases of unknown quality. This is completely wrong and is not healthy for the industry when even the best games stop deserving attention the moment they get released. Sort it out. Um, I feel like games that won in the past still get talked about. I still talk about Chain Echoes and that didn't even get like nominated. I think uh, you're not wrong because I think the main complaint is, is this just an extension of Summer Games Fest? Mm-hmm. Or is this an award show? I'd say that th- you want to get as many eyes on as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get as many people to watch it. And there's a reason why Keeley can be like, oh, there's eight, 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 80 million people or something watch that thing because they want to see what the next thing is. And if that means that 80 million people are able to do it and the Game Awards is able to, to sustain itself and you can have an, a massive event like this, which costs a huge amount of money right. and get sponsors in, then yeah, you know, but there are going to be people like us who are, you know, are listening and engaging with the discourse every single day who are going to care about it. I, I think there is room to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in, in times past, you know, what, what happened last year, we remember, how can you not remember? Um, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. I mean, obviously, and then all the controversy that happened afterwards, but like there is, you know, people, people remember those things. They do. They yeah. really do. And I don't think they're forgotten. I recognize that you, that you have to have a balance. And I think Jeff Keighley is, I think, doing well at figuring out what that balance is. I know that some people have problems with this idea of the pre-show where a lot of the award winners get. Right. But right. that's the problem with award shows in general. You will have It's that officially the opening act now. Yeah. It's not, sorry, I'm, it's, not, it's not hot on the branding. But um, the, Oscars, the Oscars have that problem. Like, they're always, like is, is it an award show or is it entertainment? 
Mm. And it's entertainment through it first, firstly. Why do people want to come and watch the Game Awards? Because they want to be entertained by those winners. They want to see the people that they like who've made those games accept those awards. Is it interesting watching people thank people that you don't know for three hours? No, it's not. <laughs> it isn't interesting. Like, it's 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 like, I, I how many times can you, you know, you, you thank a colleague that we don't know? We don't have any understanding of that. So... Some people don't find that engaging. And you often see it in some award shows where it's going, you know, if it's for the best, this is Oscars, and I'm sorry to compare it to, but, you know, you've got best director, best performance, best um, actor, best actress, that sort of thing. They will, they will allocate more time to than, say, best short, best documentary, this, that, and the other, because people want to see talent. They don't want to see, mm. you know, who's done the best best audio of that oh thing. yeah yeah and Technical it's award, really yeah. uneven and it shows you just ultimately why people are watching that stuff and jeff has created a model that is built around selling advertising space um and i think this year i think i've said this before this year more than ever i think people are talking more about who's going to win game of the year than sure. what's coming yeah. up i think i really do i think more people are interested in the games this year and it will be celebrated because there are this this has been a, a a wonderful year for video games that have been made and people want to celebrate those games and uh, they want to come to this place and see their favorites win it i think people are really passionate about their games as yes, well this they year are. they care about like you know whether it's whether it's alan wake 2 or tears of the kingdom or spider-man like people care mm -hmm. and there's it's not in a bad way but like tribes have been built up of kind of going are you in this are you in this because it's like how do we define video how video games are trying to figure out what their identity is and you've got a year in which you've got multiple versions of what that identity could be and if you're going to um do an award show that is essentially saying to the world this is what we celebrate as a medium you know do we celebrate um, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man, Baldur's Gate 3, they are doing very, all of them are doing very, very different things. And it's a statement to not just the industry itself, but people at large saying, this is what we as an industry have decided is the game that defines this year. Mm -hmm. And so it's the industry kind of battling with its own identity. And I think people want to be the, um, the people who are defining that. And they want their tribe or their game to win more than ever. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe it's just because it's been in my sphere. The amount of people that are going vote this, vote that, vote the voting I've seen seems a lot, to yeah. be a lot. And I think they've he's done a brilliant, brilliant job with like the viral campaigns of you know the TikTok stuff or whatever, the Instagram stuff, where it's like people are choosing their game of the year by like moving their head backwards and forwards. It's like how can we gamify something like mm -hmm. that? But the discussion really has been, I think, in the lead up to this about the games, not necessarily about the announcements. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well said. Sorry. Yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. I think the you know like like you were saying like the announcements are definitely there to to get the eyeballs on the show. Uh, and make people excited. Um, I do wish there was a better way to figure out the balance of like, if you're going to have an award, oh, then don't just have it be like some weird throwaway thing. Like sure, I can kind yeah. of, I can kind of understand when like if somebody's gonna sweep to like maybe like put some things together or whatever. It's like okay, if you if you're nominated in five things, then like maybe put a like three of them mm -hmm. as mentions when they come up but it's also like it's weird because then you're not also mentioning those nominees mm -hmm. you know you're, you're kind of like just like cutting out that whole tension of those other awards um, oh I, I definitely think they should all yeah. be included that's not me saying yeah great the ones that no one cares about but you shouldn't be discussed but it's always but so it's that's what's weird though is it's like if 
if you've decided that like, oh, this isn't interesting to say anything about, then it was like, why did we have the award to vote on to begin with? It's that, I do yeah. think that's super interesting because also just because it's not interesting doesn't mean people shouldn't be awarded for their work. Right. And it's, and it's like because if you are going to create an industry event, just because you don't care who did whatever particular thing doesn't mean it isn't meaningful to the people within that industry. Yep. And it's whether it's going, you know, is the Game Awards entertainment or is it in fact an industry award? And I think more than anything, you look at that hype trailer that Jeff did, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment, it's it's going, we are the most front-facing representation of the video game industry. Um, because I, like, I went to the BAFTA Game Awards last year and I loved it, but um, it doesn't get the same hype that the Game Awards does, even though within the industry it's a, a, probably a far more prestigious thing to win a BAFTA, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but you don't get the same coverage online um, as as the Game Awards, and it, it is. It's ultimately entertainment. It goes, yeah. look how... I go to, to GDC's awards every yeah. year too, yeah. And, it's, and, and within the industry, those matter, and it's, it's again, it's like, what is the identity? I think that's what... Is it Alexander who yep. asked the question? Like, is it entertainment or not? And I think it's going to constantly... That question is going to be every single year you're going to mm-hmm. get that question. Fabian wrote in, sort it out. Hello, allies. What is going on with Dragon Quest XII and Nino Kuni 3? I recently got my dad into playing Nino Kuni 2, and he really liked it. <laughs> he has put over 170 hours into it so far. Wow. I want him to check out Dragon Quest XII and Nino Kuni 3, but no news at all. Are these games <laughs> not of interest to make anymore? Best regards, Fabian. Well, Fabian, <laughs> Nino Kuni 3 doesn't exist. Yeah, and what? we know Dragon Quest XII exists. Right. But Dragon Quest just takes four ever to come out every time we have no idea if Nino Kuni 3 is ever going to happen so sadly yeah. we don't know about that <laughs> are you guys Nino Kuni 2 fans are you Nino yeah Dominic, uh, for sure. yeah, Dominic yes. loves Nino Kuni 2 I really like yeah. it as well yeah it's I was I was really lucky to work with um uh, Morgan Rush and, and Ollie Chance who are uh, a worker company called Schlock and they did all the um localization and writing on Nino oh, cool. Kuni games so the reason oh, Drippy nice. is Welsh is because of them yeah oh um, yeah, that's that okay story. I know all about that yeah that yeah, was yeah, amazing yeah. that effort they did yeah Drippy. they're so they're so brilliant and um yeah I have I have a soft spot for both Nino Kuni and Nino Kuni 2 because they're just completely different video games yep. like I I became really really obsessed with that kind of you know RTS style we're going to war for some reason um it was like what is this game and also like i'm i'm gonna want to make my town the best possible town ever so i'm just i'm sitting there playing farmville essentially um it was it was great yeah i actually did enjoy doing that i think nina kuni doesn't have that nina kuni 2 doesn't have the heart of one i think one is is really such an emotional journey and a game that kind of doesn't really seem to end Mm. you think it's going to hit a peak and then you go actually this is the real boss this is the real thing but yeah um, nina kuni should get so much more love than it does yeah Hopefully we'll get three someday, but uh, we'll get Dragon Quest Twelve at least someday. It's just gonna take a while. All we yeah. know is we have a logo, and that's about it. <laughs> They're waiting for Switch right. Two to be announced. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it, dude. Fair. All right, time for keep it up. The exact opposite, you know, stuff we're pleased with in the game industry. Who's doing well right now? No one, and that's no the one. end of this section. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's in decline. Um. I'm going to say keep it up. I'm going to say keep it up to the people who've who are being very outspoken at the moment. I think about the state of the industry. I think it's mm. kind of um, 
I don't want to get too much into it because I've already spoken about it. But I think keep keep it up to those people. I mm-hmm. think um, there's there's a lot of stuff going on that is is kind of being tempted to be brushed under the carpet. And I really think that they're in this very very sad time for an industry that is 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 hemorrhaging talent that you kind of fear isn't going to come back. I want yeah. to say I want to say keep it up first of all to those people and also to like the people who are supporting those people. The amount of times I see you know someone on thank God for social media in a weird way where they can project and say, I'm so sorry. And you just see everyone rallying around them and, and wanting to help out. And I, and I, I don't think there are enough opportunities available for the people that are losing their jobs, but like keep it up to them. Really. It's a, it's not, it's not great. And, yeah. um, it's, it's very, very, very sad. So th- th- uh, yeah, that's what I just want to say. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we've not said, keep it up more to anyone than this company. I'm going to continue to do it. And that's Capcom. Keep it up. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 is looking real good. Mm. I'm very pleased with what I saw of that game. I love the first one. And I cannot wait to play the second one. It looks like it's got that jank that I want. Mm. Beautiful. Hideous pawns that won't shut up probably just the way I like it. It's going to be a delight. Good job, Capcom. Um, I'm just going to say keep it up to the, the like, the... I guess the Japanese devs that are, are are out there like blogging about different little things, you know, Ooh, it's like yeah. the Sakurai YouTube channel yeah. has been so great. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been watching Kamiya's thing, even though he's not working, he's just still like just connecting with people in ways mm-hmm. that he probably has never really done before. And then I saw, uh, I think they're all in Japanese, but like uh, Yoko Shimamura is like putting out like oh she's doing like an advent calendar yeah like daily like, like yeah. liner notes or yeah. whatever from the yeah, like she's Mario great. RPG soundtrack yeah she's great yeah Give that a follow absolutely blood did you ever see the video of like uh, Sakaguchi and uh, Katase thinks there they just talk about like Final Fantasy one through six and they just talk I don't know if I've seen it, that it was, one, like, no. it's very recent or pretty mm. recently it's really good I, you should watch it nice it's really awesome yeah. Um, yeah, we, we you know how we talked about Digital Eclipse doing like Atari Fifty yeah. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Karateka. Like, it would, I really would like to see them do something like that with Final Fantasy. Oh wow, that would be impressive. Um, but um, I know they've got something mm-hmm. that they're going to reveal. Okay. But I'm, I'm very curious what yeah. it's going to be. See what crazy in depth thing they're going to release. Uh, what about you, Damiani? Anything? Yeah, I'll keep it lighthearted. Uh, keep it up, Nintendo, and your unreleased or unused character designs. Um, Wapich was revealed Wapich. as a character. Wait, what? Wapich. What is this? Oh, oh you've not seen Wapich. Yeah. Oh, see I didn't it. see Wapich. Wapich. <laughs> the, the original designer of Waluigi has been going out and like treating a bunch of stuff on Instagram and stuff. Uh, and yeah, this week revealed Wapich. So they had uh, like. Uh, pencil sketches and then some uh, 3D models as well. Oh the pencil God. sketches were more interesting than the 3D model, um, but she's got like she was for like Mario Tennis. She's oh. got like a huge axe in one of the sketches. I suppose that's what that's what's going to happen at the Game Awards, right? It's going to be who's next for Smash, and it's Wa Peach <laughs> coming in. Not Waluigi. No. Uh, <laughs> the rage. Oh man, that would cause so much rage. Yeah. I mean, I better get Gino in the next Smash game now that they did this remake. I'm sick hmm. of asking. I don't. The next Smash game is going to be, unless it's like an Ultimate Deluxe, like a de- enhanced version of Ultimate, I think they're going to go smaller with the roster for the next one, whatever they do. I don't think they can. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be smaller, that. too. 
we can make some cuts. You know, there's like three pits, all right. Just like cut one of those. Oh yeah, some of the dark versions and things like that. Yeah, you like, can okay, cut like dark yeah. Samus. You can cut that. <laughs> Still, Get that out of here. you're probably not getting Gino, but it's okay. All right, Dom Annie, cool. Uh, this is from <laughs> Son of Sparta. Keep it up, uh, keep it up, Honkai Star Rail. Oh, alongside the new story content and events that we get with new patches and Star Rail, the game also has permanent roguelite mode called Simulated Universe. This is an absolute blast to play through. On top of having exclusive bonuses for each run to pick up as you build your team, you uh, as you go through the Simulated Universe, you also get more lore on the gods of this world and their relationships with each other. Not only that, but uh, but as you play more of this mode, you get permanent upgrades that are exclusive to this part of the game and will make your subqu- subsequent runs easier. The simulated universe has many different stages that you can run through, and each stage has a number of difficulties that you can unlock as you clear them. Hoyoverse also refreshes the rewards for this mode every few weeks, so not only is it fun to pl- gameplay-wise, but you're also rewarded for coming back to it every once in a while. So keep it up, Honkai Star Rail. Man, people really like Honkai Star Rail and uh, Genshin Impact. Yeah. I played Genshin Impact when it came out, and it was, like, good. But I just, like, that's a lifestyle game. That is, like, my life if I play that game. Mm-hmm. Good for people who play it. Yeah, absolutely. I love people loving stuff. Yeah. I'm never going to play Genshin Impact, but, my God, I love how much people love that game. Yeah. it's Yeah. I respect the hell out of it. Okay, we got some shout-outs, as always. Some of our more, uh, most generous patrons over there on patreon.com slash easy allies and that platinum producer tier. This month we got Jabawabs, Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Jesse Blue. Shout out. Thank Shout you so out. much, everybody. Shout out. I know, I'm always like, should I just do the thing that we do on the other show? <laughs> Shout out. I mean, soon. It's going to be <laughs> soon, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our world's emerging. Ben, yep. you've been playing Alan Wake 2. I have been playing Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Uh, Blood and yeah. I have finished this game also. Yes. I got the platinum trophy on it. Ooh. Oh, I uh, was two trophies away and they're like things was it like, the I'd have to like, was it the jump back ones? to. Yeah. There's like the missable ones where if you just don't do them at a certain point, you can't get them. Right. But, um, yeah. That's a video game, isn't it? Sure is. Mm-hmm. That's a video <laughs> game. Sure is a video game, yeah. It's you got to love... I'm a big Remedy fan. Mm-hmm. Um, You're in good company. I uh, think their their brand is so uniquely them. And um, having... I am I just think... If, if you're going... If there's ever a game that's a vibe, it's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there is... I played it at a certain point when um, people were really hyping up a very particular section of the game. I don't want to spoil it, but right. people saying that, like, oh, it's the a- the ashtray maze, but better. Um, and I really, really liked it. I mm-hmm. really liked it. I didn't think it was as, like, revolutionary, I think, because everyone hyped it up. But I can imagine playing that section and thinking, wow, that's mad. Mm-hmm. Because it's just them going, we're going to do whatever we want to do. We make up the rules. I love how they have just they've teased so much more and now going back and watching um videos in control like old clips of control and how like you see jesse faden jesse faden's brother explaining meeting mr door for the first time and you're going wow they teed that up 
They yeah. teat that up. Well, I, I saw somebody had shared a photo from Quantum Break, and it was this whiteboard that basically has the whole Alan Wake 2 plot laid out on it. I'm just like, what the heck? Yeah. It's <laughs> oh funny because they say it's not connected. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But just explaining to people that you've got Sam Lake, James McCaffrey, and Sam Lake playing himself, but also play like it's like it's it's completely mad, and also probably the most terrifying game I've played this year because it's that bit where they just flash up the mm. oh the screaming, jump scares the jump scares yeah they are cheap as hell but they <laughs> are terrifying. <laughs> they, I, you know, it's just like I'll go through and then it'll just be like a granny shouting at me. Yep. Um, it's it's great. It's weird. I I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. Like it's absolutely my mm. style of of apps of nonsense. And um, yeah, Colin Elmo. Also, the so good. F- the facial animations on yeah, and like in in game facial animations. You know when you go up to someone and often like you feel like it's not quite great. That it it really is. It's probably the best facial animations I've seen since. Um, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. where you go in and you just you see the it's it, it, impossible to describe what it is, but there's so much humanity and life in each of those interactions. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think that's one of the reasons that the 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 blending with the back and forth of the live action works so well. Yeah, is because it's like you can recognize that this is the same person uh, without like. Your, your brain putting up too many walls. And I think the fact that they put them side by side so many times, or they like kind of flicker the live action person while you see the character model there, like all of that stuff, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. really does a good job of supporting each other and making it feel cohesive rather than the live action just standing out like a sore thumb. Yeah. yeah. Well, it feels, it's just the how many, how many times they've just layered it on top of each other. So they've taken what they did in, um, I mean, really way back doing Max Payne, you know, you talk about there's an in, the intelligent use of um, I watched an interview with Sam Lake when they were celebrating maybe like the 10th year of Max Payne or something and how they in order to get around this, the use of cut sequences, they just went, oh, we don't want to do art. We want to do like pictures and stuff. And that's a that had never seen that before when I played Max Payne. And then. You see in Control when they just superimpose the live action on top mm-hmm. of the real thing. You go, that's weird. I've never seen that before. But it's like they've created their own individual language that is so exclusive to the Remedy verse, if we're going to call it that, that you understand it now. And then they layer it on top and um, almost like the um, uncanny valleyness of Ilka Vili's performance with. Um, who plays Tom Perotta? Is that who plays um, Alan Wake? His voice on top, even though it seems a bit because you can see it's ADR'd, um, it feels still real mm-hmm. somehow. And their shared performance is absolutely amazing. And I think, it, like, I'm really pleased that, you know, M- Melanie has been nominated for Performance of the Year. But, like, that category itself, I would say, being a part of that Best Performance category, there's probably about 10 other people you could put in that mm-hmm. category as well, of, like, people <laughs> who should be nominated. Because, you know, th- there are so many brilliant performances in that game alone. Also in Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy XVI. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just, like, there are so many performances that are standouts that it's almost, we are, it's an embarrassment of riches of performances. And I just think that I love that they get the style. Mm-hmm. The style is so unique. It's so weird. It's so wacky and off the wall. And I I remember when Control happened, the actor who plays um, Varty, Varty, the um, the janitor, Varty, but Arty, oh. sorry, yeah, Arty, he um, he won the best supporting performance at the Baftas mm. the year, and he is astonishing, like absolutely amazing performance. Arty just. 
top tier yeah. character. Yeah, he's so great. So yeah, it's just I, me. Yeah, just and I love when like yeah, like after you do that, and he's just sort of like singing to himself. Yeah, <laughs> mopping the floor. <laughs> he's so good. He's just, he's just. That's it's, a catchy tune, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think about the dual protagonist thing, like switching between them and how their segments are so different from each other? Yeah, uh, I thought interesting, um, and then it it is dealt with very cleverly. Yeah. It it's a, it's. I thought, is this a gimmick? And then you realize it's absolutely a plot point reason. And um, yeah. It's not until you get to that point when you realize actually what's happened. I went, mm-hmm. oh, well done. That's clever. Yeah. Um, I think that um, they are very mechanically very different. They play very differently and mm-hmm. what they require you to do. I don't know, like, how much I loved, like, going and doing all of Saga's, like, pinning stuff on the board. Sometimes I felt like I was literally just Oh, yeah, yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, like, an auto pin of some sort yeah. to do that. Because it feels amazing. like almost auto essentially so he's might as well just do it for me yeah it's a cool thing yeah and again as the game goes on it proves to be a very important narrative thing yeah Yeah. just tether absolutely it's it's really excellent yeah yeah i think i think it's one of those things that is like it could have just used perhaps like a little bit more editing yeah to like really see like which are the points that we actually need to put on this board and which are just like we're telling you what you already know Mm-hmm. And, but that is me splitting hairs because yeah. I'm yeah. thinking I still did it loads. I mm-hmm. still really enjoyed it. But I mean, that's something that, you know, that, like I felt that's something I've repeatedly seen, you know, people criticize about it. Like, I, I think that there is there is some merit there towards like it's a great mechanic. There just needs to be a little bit more of a balance there, a little yeah. bit less of it. I don't know if you've spoken about this, but I think the stuff when Alan, there's this part of his story when, you know, you have to change the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, maybe you, uh, as you yeah, did speak about it. The hotel was like one of my favorite parts of the whole game. Just yeah. the way, like what I'd love to know the mechanics that went into the making of that, where they go tit 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 tit, bam, and the whole room changes. It's yeah, it's really great. It works really well. Just just from just yeah, from an engine standpoint, that is yeah. just really really impressive. Then you throw in like the light also that changes a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm so much layers it, to it I love it's that. so clever and yeah. they've really worked out ways of, of streamlining that mm-hmm. section and then there's a bit where you can just watch a 20 minute film in the middle yeah, yeah. yeah it's so good and I did I stood I there it. I, I stood there it. and I just watched it um, yeah I loved yeah. it and, well but there's, what's nuts and they did this in Control too is that like it's not that just there's a, a, a film that you can sit there and watch it's like it's physically being projected in the game engine. So it's like if you cross in front of it, your shadow will be there and then the, the <laughs> yeah. film will be on the back of your head. It's just like, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. God, it's good. I'm really, I think making it more survival horror was a really good call, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Alan Wake 1's good. I like Alan Wake 1 too, but I think 2 is just so much better. And I think a lot of it is just like the pressure of yeah. resources and stuff like that. Like, I don't think it was like so much pressure for me. I've played a lot of survival horror games, though, so it's probably different. But um, I'm really happy that I, I was, like, thinking about, like, what tools do I want to bring sometimes like that. And mm-hmm. Some of, like, the items are really fun, like the the flares or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really like that. You just light one up and throw it on the ground or something like that. You can mm-hmm. pop a few guys. Yeah. Good amount of shotguns, too, so I appreciated that. Good shotguns. Good shotguns. Good feeling shotguns yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I felt the inventory, just because of the way that I played it, I did a lot. I'm I'm the kind of guy that does loads of backtracking. You know, yeah. I'm going to do all yes. the nursery rhymes. I'm going to yeah. do all that stuff. So I sometimes felt like I would just run through sections because I didn't want to fight sure. things. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of my my 
survival horror instinct went, I've fought these guys before, I don't want to have to do it. You know, initially yeah. I'm killing everything that I can yeah. see. Then I realized yeah. because of the fact that it would just use up a lot of ammo, I didn't want to engage in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mostly tend to kill everything. Um, but this <laughs> this definitely had those moments, like in like especially in the woods around the retirement center and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, okay, I don't need to mess with those guys. I think I can yeah. get through here we'll without around worrying them. about them. Um, really good, like when you're when you're kind of in the uh, Alan Wake overworld, you know, in that New York style section. Mm-hmm. The delivery of the line where it'll go Wake, like yeah, that, the amount of times I'd be scared because yeah. you wouldn't see one and then it suddenly yeah. appear. I really appreciated just seeing Alex Casey also just being Max Payne. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's just Max Payne. You're just Max Payne. Yeah. And I'm very here for that. It makes you excited for what yeah. they're going to do with oh, Max yeah. Payne. I Look around think... for all of those echoes. Yes. The echoes were cool. Clips. Yeah, I like yeah. those. And the yeah. words of power I thought were really fun to find too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it felt like you were customizing your character with the words of power because you could yeah. get all the words of power and you wouldn't have all. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't complete not. the yeah. thing, which no, was no, great. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, make, make choices. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that... You know, they're obviously said that they're remaking Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Do you think now, knowing what this is, they're going to roll it back into the Remedy verse? I'm be... curious as to how much they, they will or want to do that. Yeah, I think it's, they will. It's so strange because it, like, that is Rockstar's ownership. Yeah, even though it's really their. You don't game. give it back. You yeah. don't give it back to Remedy unless you're going to remedy it. I think right. Sam Sam Lake <laughs> is so deep into this. Mm-hmm. I think. It, yeah, he's got a vision for sure. It's going to be the game, but it's not. It's not yeah. the game. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be like a Final Fantasy VII remake situation with that game almost, the remake of it. Mm. It'll just mm-hmm. be more than you th- than you thought originally or something like that. Well, we know too I, much. I would love yeah. if at some point we're like, Max Payne goes to bed, and then like you just have some section of like Max Payne 3. In the oh game. Oh my god, yeah. that'd be so fun. And then he wakes up and he's like, that was weird, huh? <laughs> I'd never shave my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think enough people talk about Ma- how good Max Payne 3 was. Max Payne 3 is really I think fun. It's, mechanically, I think it's great. Yeah, Dude, there's yeah, a lot so of great things about that game. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's one of those, those games that I played entirely because of the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, the great soundtrack is so freaking good. Yeah, it like, was. I wanted to experience that in game. Hmm. Um, and then. But but at the same time, it's like yeah, this this was made by other people. It doesn't yeah. have the same signature on it. No, it doesn't. It has really good mechanics, gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Though. Okay, here's my pitch. Yes. Uh, Max Payne itself is uh, a comic book that is within the world of Control. So you know, it's done in like a. So hmm. the idea of Max Payne, if they were going to put it in the Remedy verse, it would be Max Payne existing as an object of power. Yeah. Within the control world and so you kind of layer it on top and you don't it's not explicit but the idea that it exists within that because you've got that dream sequence in mm-hmm. Max Payne if you remember where like he loses his he it's very annoying it's a very annoying section of the game that isn't meant to be a platformer where he's like following the blood trail in the black do you ever remember that in Max mm-hmm. Payne like that dream sequence I think they're going to do so much with it oh mm-hmm. yeah they're going to be crazy yeah. good game oh yeah Max Payne 1 and 2 3 all great games Okay, time for our final game, Darkest Dungeon 2. I've been playing this. I'm bummed that Heber's not here. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to surprise Said him that so I've, many been, late I've nights. been playing it. Yeah. Uh, I've have only you played surpassed like, him? What? Have you surpassed him? No. Okay. I've played like two hours of this game. There's oh, okay, no okay. way. <laughs> There's no way. I was just like, Is there dude, times that like, 
like I you know I, I I do wonder. It's like man, what is up with this game that like Heber just can't seem to like get past a certain wall. Blood, it's, it's so it's crazy. Oh yeah, it's a tough game. He's very far into the game though. He's like fifty hours into the game though, so he's probably fighting some really gnarly stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a game where I feel like you have to be okay with defeat frequently. Right. right. <laughs> you got to be okay with death. You got to be okay with spending time to figure stuff out because this game has like a lot of mechanics and stuff like that. A lot of systems like, for example, like in combat, it's like turn-based combat, but I'm like so many like effects that are placed on people and like stuff popping up. I'm like, right. what is going on? I'm like looking at Well, everything. like there's a thing too where like you kill somebody, but their body is still on the field and that yes. kind of thing that you have that to That could affect for. positioning. Yeah. So like, yeah, a lot of the game is like, Certain attacks can only attack certain positions. Like, there's four people on each side. Like, one guy, maybe the melee guy or something up front, he can only attack, like, the first two people. But some abilities, you can use blood to, like, shuffle them around or stuff like that. But the enemy can also do that to you. Like, if your healer's in the back, maybe they can do something Mm. to, like, make your healer go up front so they're more vulnerable to damage. And there's, like, crazy things like psychic damage. So if you're in a fight... And the, uh, abil- enemies can do abilities to you where you have like a psychic meter and it'll eventually go up. You can do stuff to like help get it down, but if it goes up, there's a chance your character will have a meltdown during combat and just like wow. reduce the morale of the whole group and they will lose a ton of health. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, please don't have a breakdown, but sometimes they can like recover from it and get health back, but it's more rare. But uh, yeah. I, I didn't play a lot of the first game. So this one's, it's pretty new to me, just, like, figuring out a lot of the mechanics. Essentially, you have, like, a party of four characters you go out with. You go on a little wagon, very Oregon Trail style, and you go through areas. And as you're going through these areas, you have multiple routes to go to. And it feels like every time, everywhere I go, it's going to be something bad at least. Something bad's going to happen. Whether I'll get in a fight with someone, whether my wagon will get damaged... Or I'll get ambushed by something. I never feel safe on the roads. Ever. Except the only cool, the nice thing is when you're on the roads, you get a little health back as you're going. So it's very nice. And there's often little spots you can go to on the road. Like you can pull over on the side. Some of them are, are cool. Like uh, there's ones that are lore specific for your classes. So like you could pick who you want to learn more about like a class and learn more about their story. There's like a, I was doing the occultist and it was her like going at school at first, like learning from it. Then the next one I did was her, like it was a fight, actual fight with her professor. And it was like, not with like weapons though, like words. And and it was like all through psychic damage. So I was, I'm in this fight, like Mm. just a fight of words and knowing when to like relieve my stress and he, like, took me out. I was like, oh, no, I lost that fight. So I'd have to go back all the way again, like, a whole other run to do it. One uh, other one I did was with this other, uh, I forgot what her class is called, but this woman, she, um, the fight was with her, like, drunk husband. And he was, like, yelling at her and it was giving her psychic damage. And I would, like, wait, I'd have to just survive for a little bit of time. And eventually there was at a point where I could poison his alcohol or his wine. Okay. So I had to like wait and survive the whole time for him to drink it. And it ended up killing him. And I was like, whoa, this is so weird. This is like narrative progression tied into these like weird battles that I don't expect. Yeah. I did not expect fights like this at all in the game. I thought I was be fighting ghouls and hideous monsters the whole time with swords. But no, I'm like fighting with like people from their past, which is really cool. 
This game's brutal in combat-wise, though. It's pretty brutal, man. Like, I'm definitely learning more as I'm going, which I'm like, oh, yes, I'm slowly piecing that together. But, dude, sometimes stuff can get taken out fast. And if they die, they're dead. They're gone. It's not like, you know, Bob's dead, you know? Like, oh, I'll, I'll res him at the barn or something like that or the inn. No, they're just dead pretty much <laughs> right now. That's where I'm at. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I will not get attached to any of these characters and any equipment they had on them is gone too. Mm. And all like, if they leveled up a little bit or on too, that's gone too. So I'm like, sick. However, you get progress even if you die. You get these candles you can spend on to like increase or like improve the classes and like that. Mm. Unlock a new class. I unlocked this class. I haven't used it yet. It's like a, a woman. She looks like a Viking. Almost. She has like a big axe. So I was like, cool, I'm going to try her out. And you, there's, like, a lot of class to unlock. But when people die also on your run, you can recruit often some other people to fill in. And But depending on how things go, maybe they won't gel with someone in your group like that. And that can the synergy won't be as good because everyone's got quirks, too. you got to look out for all that wow. stuff, too. Yeah. There's a lot of information in this game. <laughs> and I feel like it's going to take me 10 hours to get through, like, where I feel really confident going through and understanding these moves. But it, it has been fun of me just kind of experimenting. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me try this move. Oh, I'm dead. Kind of thing like that. Oh, that guy's dead. Okay, cool. Do you think you'll you'll keep playing it? Yes, I think it's really fun. Like, it's a, it's a challenging game, but I think it has really good hooks of, like, you want to go again kind of yeah. thing like that. Because when you die, it doesn't feel like it was for nothing. You okay. still get valuable things out of it, even if you wipe. So I'm like, yes, I want to keep going. I want to keep doing these runs because, like, if you're going through your areas, you can, like, see where you got to get to. And I know there's some really awesome boss I want to fight, like, there. But I'm just, like, struggling to get to them. And mm. it feels so fun. And I just love it. And it looks really good. I, I think Darkest Dungeon 1 looked pretty good. But I think they've really refined Darkest Dungeons 2 art style visually. It's, like, Unreal Engine 5, I think, now. Way more fluid animations for everybody. It's really, really looking good. And, like, the narrator is super good. You right, know, everyone yeah, likes yeah. the narrator and Bastion. And, like, this guy is, like, that level, dude. <laughs> Back to the pit. It's, like, super intense. And I just... I've never been so into just getting dumpstered by, like, enemies so frequently. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, this is just fun, man. I haven't gotten to the part where Huber's, like, broken because he can't get past it. But he's, like, 50 hours in. But, like... I want to go on more runs. I just want to, like, go through this stuff and you, like, unravel more stories. You make your way through things. I'm just, like, getting addicted to all this now. Upgrading my wagon so I can, like, take more hits as it's on the road. You can kind of control it. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. He's, like, always, like, trying to dodge around. It's, like, these, like, flaming piles of whatever. Yeah, like, one time I was riding my wagon to Sumerian and, like, a bunch of arrows just, like, flying and hitting all my stuff. And I was like, what's happening? I'm, like, under attack all the time. And the the enemies I fight are like really cool looking, like hideous monsters, but they're really cool. Like, and they have strategies on their own. Like, some of them are like buffing in the back and like making it very hard for you to get to them. So you're like, okay, do I just want to try to take down some of these tank DPS guys to so I can even get to them, or in the form wasting all my time getting hit? Because like you get hit, man, and they they put like a debuff on you and bleed. It sucks. But a lot of times uh, you get. When you get down to zero health, you have essentially one more hit to live. So you can, like, maybe the occultist can heal you in time like that. So you can kind of fight back from death almost, but it can just as easily end quickly. But it feels like there's a lot of strategy, and I can't wait to unlock more classes and just kind of see what they feel like. I feel like once I unlock more, I'll start to find my rhythm with who I really like to use. Yeah. 
Because, like, right now I just have, like, most of the default guys, like, the main guys, the front's, like, a tank guy. Then I got this uh, hunt bounty hunter guy. He has, like, a gun that he can shoot people in further back and a knife. This woman who can throw poison darts at people and also melee. And the occultist who can, like, throw bombs on people that blind them. So that can, like, really help you. And she can also heal sometimes. So, yeah. Stats, I, I like in games when stats matter a lot, like debuffs and buffs, and they yeah. really matter like a lot in this yeah. game. So I'm really enjoying it. Can't wait to die more, I guess, but uh, it's been damn good fun. Sadly, only on PC right now, but it'll come right. to consoles later, uh, I'm sure, like the okay. first game did. Are you Steam decking this? No, I play it just PC. I don't have a Steam yeah. deck, but yeah. Do you think it'll be good on Steam deck? Yeah, probably be fine. I th- Seems like it would be, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I, I like personally really like the game with a mouse and keyboard, but I think, yeah, it'll be totally fine on Steam Deck. It's really awesome. Okay, everybody. It's time for some emails. If you want to write an email, join our final and up tier on patreon.com slash easyallies. Get early access to this show one day early and easy and access to the Easy Allies podcast. What is that, two or three days early? Two days, yeah. Usually. Two days early, yeah. A little bit more than that, I guess. But. Yep, and you can send in questions to that show as well. All right. Interesting question here, first one. This is from Matt Hastings. Greetings, allies. Xbox CFO Tim Stewart said during the Wells Fargo TMT Summit last week that the goal is to make first-party games and Game Pass available on every screen that can play games, and this includes rival consoles. What do you think about this statement? Can you imagine a version of Game Pass on PlayStation or Nintendo consoles? If you can play Xbox games anywhere, why buy an Xbox? Thanks, allies. Looking forward to watching the Game Awards with you. This was an interesting statement because mm-hmm. he said this, uh, the CFO, Tim Stewart, then Ben, then um, my can't think of his name, Phil Spencer, said we have no plans for Game Pass. Yeah, on any of these things right now. Right. Yeah. So what but was his, what was his no exact plans? Statement? <laughs> uh, Tim Stewart's yeah. statement. I don't have the entire thing, but what they just wrote here. They I saw the statement, but he wants. Every skin, every essentially every game or Xbox thing to be on screens that can play games. Here, and he was he talking about right. rival consoles like PlayStation. Of course, he does. He wants to make as much money as yes, possible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like that's it. You go exactly. You 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 say that because you go. We want to be the dominating. We want to be the force in video games. That's mm-hmm. what you want. Why would you not want that? Um, that's yeah. clearly been the Xboxes. They want to be on things definitely, and I believe. Uh, Phil Spencer said in the past that Game Pass isn't on PlayStation because PlayStation didn't want it. Which I understand totally as yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That when when uh, XCloud was first being talked about before they'd even really started rolling it out, like I was convinced that they were going to throw that thing on Switch at some point. Yes. Um, but yeah, it hasn't really come to fruition. They haven't really talked about it in those terms. And yeah, there's you know kind of like with the issues that they've had with with Apple and Google. You know, it it is sort of this weird thing. It's like, well, w- what's in it for that platform holder? Yeah. You know, it's like if if you're going to put your subscription service on this other platform, mm-hmm. why does you know how much money is that platform holder going to get out of it? Especially to make it worthwhile. Sony and Nintendo have their own subscription things too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if you know you have games mm-hmm. on that subscription that are in their shops. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're you know, directly competing yeah, with them. I think, um, I don't know about Game Pass right away, but I could see games just like 
buying games on their consoles maybe yeah. a little more. Like yeah. maybe Starfield in the future they've, on PlayStation they've, or they've something. They've done a little bit of that with like, you know. Yeah, they've done it with like Minecraft and stuff like that, but yeah. maybe stuff. Minecraft, Ori, Cuphead, stuff that Maybe more you know, stuff though is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I would disagree. What do you think? I think I just disagree. I think Xbox are creating an Xbox ecosystem. They have no interest in integrating with other systems. It doesn't make any sense. You don't invest this much money in, in what you're doing. They are so far in right now. Mm-hmm. Like you go in and you know, you see I think I find the graphics very funny. You know, you see the graphics of all of these games and all these franchises that technically Xbox own. They are trying to manufacture a system where it is the place to go. Mm-hmm. But it's the easiest place to go. Um, I can't see, I could never see Starfield going to PlayStation. Ever, ever. Um, I, I really, and I, I mean that, like I, I, and I don't think Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls is going nowhere near PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But you then know. you have the, uh, the opposite side of that where it's like they promise Call of Duty to everything that they can. Be, and it's yeah. partly because it's like, Losing out on PlayStation is losing out on too much money. Too yeah. much money, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is when it comes to that system, you know, mm-hmm. because you are you are actively taking something that does very very well on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You're losing money, but when it goes forward, it's like no, we are going to manufacture a situation where it forces you eyes on. They're doing this because they want you to use this as the primary platform. The Call of Duty is such a unique scenario where it just makes so much money, but they they are go. I <laughs> I would imagine that they are going to find a way to intelligently siphon off all the people who play on PlayStation very, very slowly over that period of time to make it so that Xbox is the destination Mm. to play Call of Duty. Xbox is the best way to play Call of Duty. It just has to be. Mm -hmm. There's going to be zero marketing on PlayStation. It's always going to be front first, Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. And then in doing so, Mindshare. Remember, we are very hooked in. Mindshare is, oh, Xbox is where I get this game. Mm -hmm. And I don't think marketing can be um, underplayed in how important it is for people who do not listen to podcasts every day who do not analyze all of the stuff you know the ca- the the more casual i buy three games a year madden fifa and call of duty like if you f- if you market it in such a way that it is an xbox entity now mm-hmm. that's where we go for this that's what they're going to do you you microsoft have a huge war chest we know that it's not an infinite amount of money we know that like what they said um game pass doesn't make money yet um but it will that, that stuff has been so Hard yeah. to read. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like yeah, very yeah, what profitability is on yes. that. But yeah. It's a loss it's a loss leader anyway. So it's it's like you mm-hmm. you want to you want to get people back. And Phil's been brilliantly open, I think, about saying, you know, the state that Xbox is in, they're not playing the same game mm-hmm. that, that PlayStation are playing. But yeah, I think good luck to them. I'm I'm uh, intrigued to see how this very long yeah. game plays out. I guess that's the thing, Ben, is because they are not playing the same game as PlayStation. They're playing a subscription game now. That's mm. like what their thing is. They want you to subscribe to Game Pass. Yeah. It seems like they don't even care about you really buying their games as much no. anymore. They just want you to sub up. And I think they just want to eventually get as many people subbed up on any platform as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's why, you know, they were there day one with uh, Samsung yep. things, you know. Yep. That's why they've had the thing back and forth with the Apple Google Store. Yep. That doesn't seem, I just, uh, sorry, get the maths in my head. I, it doesn't seem actually a very good idea. And maybe I'm just being very unintelligent. I imagine people in the comments will tell me that. Is we're at a point now mm-hmm. where Netflix have realized that they have reached the maximum amount of people they can reach. And they've realized that a subscription model, the only thing you can do to a subscription model is you increase the price. Because there's only so many people that can play that. Right. So if you have that, the maths would be that um, 
you can't keep creating stuff, new stuff, and keep it on an existing platform because that costs money. But mm-hmm. you're still making the same amount of money every single year. So you have to find ways of making more and more money out of it. And so Game Pass, it doesn't. It, it, it's an incredible thing for us as consumers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just think what's the what's the inflection point where you get to where video games are only getting more expensive to make, and it's like how can I justify? Um, how can you justify a two hundred million dollar? game being made mm-hmm. if you're just going to give it away on game pass and you're not really going to necessarily expand we've figured out what the critical mass of game pass is is it 30 million subscribers is it 50 million subscribers i, sp- I suppose that's why they don't want to sell consoles they want to put it on your tv yeah, they right. want it to be like it's on your samsung tv download it now so it's not like well you're not even downloading it yeah. that's the thing you're streaming yeah, as thing. long as you have an xbox controller you just you know click on halo start playing halo you don't have to wait for it but Again, that's, that's you know, and and that's I think that's part of what they're trying to get at is is that, and say like like Genshin Impact, you know, like was just gigantic on mobile as well as PC and console. You know, it's like they just see all these people out there that will never be convinced to buy an Xbox yeah. whatsoever, and they want those people in their ecosystem. Do you think also, you know, these games that they've bought, Call of Duty? Mm-hmm. Halo they've always owned famously their Twitch their Twitchy things and mm-hmm. the idea that they shouldn't really be Mixer, yeah. yeah you can't no no I'm just saying they, no, they, um, they, they require they require you know um, the ability to not have any lag so suddenly oh, right. you can't if you're going to be like oh you can stream Call of Duty who's going to be streaming Call of Duty? certainly not the best players are going to be streaming no. Call of Duty the best players no but there's a lot of people that are just not that concerned about it and like yeah. you know obviously you know uh some of the stuff that I've seen is like closed door demos with dedicated internet lines or whatever. But it's like even when the fidelity drops, like the lag time would really only be noticeable to like the elite players. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like it, it really feels like you're playing the thing that's hooked up to a box anyways. It's very interesting. Yes, it is. Very interesting very, I'm just like we could talk for ages about it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's what? Well, yeah, what an interesting thing. Yeah. In terms of like the appeal to have an Xbox, I think maybe if Game Pass comes to other platforms, like let's say PlayStation Nintendo, it might be a more curated amount of things because I don't know if Sony would, and Nintendo would want to give up potential sales of those games on their platform. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's like the, the hardest yeah. thing for them to yeah, try exactly. to get onto a rival console. It's just almost impossible. Yeah. God, it makes you think Stadia was so ahead of its time. It was oh, it, it was, oh my yeah. God. I mean, but, you know, I have one... Yeah, basically one choice of internet provider. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and they just keep ratcheting up the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't switch over to the better service because they're just not going to my building. Yeah. I think I think I read somewhere that Baldur's Gate 3 was originally a Stadia exclusive. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's where they revealed. That is That's, that's, wild. that's wild. I'm happy that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to have to play that on Stadia. Damian, what do you think, man, about all this? Uh, well, first, sorry, uh, I was looking up some stuff. Um... Since 2022, Phil Spencer has been like stressing that Game Pass is profitable and sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I the, the reason he said it because like I just read something like yesterday where this debate came up again, and it seems to be confusing because a lot of places will like lead you to believe they're not. But uh, yeah, it, it, Phil Spencer has, has the receipts that Game Pass cool. and uh, Xbox cool. as a platform is profitable. But and, let's not forget uh, that they they famously avoid giving away their numbers. So that's, that's why it's, that's why this stuff is murky. Is like they'll say, 
it's profitable, but they won't really well, show you profitable. the numbers. They yeah. provided, well, they, this is, they had to provide stuff. Yeah. They provide something for Wall Street Journal in 2022. And there are slides that show like numbers of like dollar signs, but not like numbers of subscribers or anything like that. It just shows like revenues and, you know, for calendar years and stuff like that. And that's more for Xbox than uh, Game Pass. So mm. they don't really provide the Game Pass numbers, as you said. Um, there's also, I'm not going to get into it, but like they apparently, did, Spencer was on Giant Bombs podcast uh, uh, and gave a whole explanation about like why they think Game Pass is going to continue to grow. Um, and the one point I think that's salient is they talked about like Starfield and how they want people to be able to play Starfield on many different like platforms and screens as possible. Yeah. And they do, like, that was their literal quote, because you asked about that, um, Ben. Um, mm. the, the actual quote he gave and about the what we started this, uh, he said, it's a bit of, uh, quoting Tim Stewart, it's a bit of a change of strategy, not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs, that means mobile devices, that means what we would have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. Wow. So, so yeah, I think, I think it, yeah, I think it's literally just, like, it, it is Game Pass. I don't think you'll ever be able to, like, piecemeal buy any kind of, like, Xbox game on any Nintendo or PlayStation. But as a service... I think they're 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 like you know, they were trying to get it on there. Now I still think it's highly unlikely it'll get onto either platform, but they they definitely were trying to. It, like, that was what we thought they were doing with like everything you talked about earlier, blood pointing at all the game releases like Ori, Cuphead, Minecraft, like having to have make an Xbox account on Nintendo to play those things. We thought this was like the beginning of a goodwill system where maybe Nintendo gets you know some releases from Microsoft, you know maybe some exclusivity in exchange for getting their foot in the door on the Switch ecosystem with Game Pass or XCloud, and I. St- wouldn't say never to that, but I think it's more unlikely now than it probably was then. Um, I, I, I do think the best place you were talking about, like game people who only buy a few games a year, the people who would not care about the small difference in latency on their screen or their connection mm-hmm. for playing Call of Duty, those people are probably going to be tapped through smart TVs and mobile devices. Yeah. I understand there's like a like they're probably looking at Switch and like, dang, that's a lot of hybrid devices that were potentially mobile but most people who probably have a switch probably also have a mobile phone so i think mobile phone and smart tv is where they're really banking on and i think they're leaving the door open for nintendo places or any other competitors is like hey if you're willing to come to us with a deal or negotiate we would be willing to work something out um this is good business practice in my opinion but I see it as I'm with you. I think that's very unlikely that they're going to go onto those platforms anytime soon. And yeah, I, I think with the part your point about like Netflix, net, like Netflix has like gone way closer to saturation because you know they they've been around longer. I think Game Pass still has that room to grow. I do think eventually they will hit the same point where it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do? Either raise prices or, but that's like they'll cross that bridge when they get there. I feel like. Um, because the way Phil talks about like Starfield, I feel like they think as long as you just secure big releases on that on game for Game Pass, people will continue to pay for it. But that's great for that type of sustainability. But 
the dreaded word shareholders and stuff when profits aren't going up each quarter mm. it's like then what do you do does starfield on you know do you have to like increase that or you know is there another way they increase revenue through other types of monetization with game pass that we haven't none of us have thought of because then we'd be working there <laughs> let's not forget 2023's biggest trend that starfield took advantage of even though it's on game pass they sold a ton yeah. by giving people mm. a few days early access so it still sold well, uh, despite being on Game Pass. It you know it still had a crazy amount of sales. So Phil, didn't he say like twelve million players have played that game? That's a successful video game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's done well. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen so much of the the early access, you know, price hike kind of thing for mm-hmm. the special editions. Yep. Yeah, that yeah they will keep doing that for sure. All right, Ray Aldier wrote in. Hi, Allies and Ben. Since Hello. I'm very excited to see Ben play D&D A Natural 6 and the Allies got me into the game in the first place, I have an RPG character creation question for you. What are the first or most important elements for you when it comes to making a character, either for tabletop or video games? Do you gravitate towards certain fighting styles or looks based them on yourself or another character you like? Think up a backstory and just dive right in and see what happens. Thanks, love, and respect. Uh, any character you create is like how do you like the ultimate role playing thing is how do you want to play mechanically Mm -hmm. because each class is just going to significantly change the way in which you engage with whatever it is that you're doing Um, that's the first thing I always think about is like what is yeah what are the what are the ways in which I want to interact with this world and make a difference to the world around me um and you're like having played Elden Ring, for instance. I was like, I'm gonna be flinging pebble at people for 30 hours um, before I get any good spells, but I'm gonna have a great time doing it. I want to be squishy. I want to nearly feel like I'm gonna die, and I want to just do things from a distance. And I loved playing that game. Mm-hmm. And it's it that's the choice. And then I love to build the character on top of that, build the story as to why they would choose to do that. And then you go, how would that character look in a certain way? How would they have engaged with the world? How would their mechanics have have informed the way that they look uh and then i just put my name through whatever generator there is (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that i think it's like what what kind of fun do you want to have yeah um it's the great thing about rpgs is you can literally be whoever you want yeah with like tabletop games over the years i just wanted to be an idiot usually like my characters to be dumb so i could just goof around like not too goofy but i think playing a dumb character is really fun for Mm -hmm. me all the time uh, RPGs, like, it depends on the game. Like, a Souls game, like, I'm always going strength build first, no matter what. Every mm. run through, I'm getting the biggest, heaviest weapon I can find and swinging that puppy around. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's also, like, for other games, like, yeah, what do, what do I want to play like? Yeah. And, like, I, I, when it came to Natural 6 and when we were delving into Reliquia, like, Radiant, I really wanted to have access to all of these spells. I liked the idea that I could have access to absolutely every spell, yeah. which is completely daunting. But I really wanted to throw myself into that. And that's been really, really fun. Yeah. Of like using spells in different ways that I didn't expect and combining mm-hmm. them with skills that like the rest of the team have. It's really, really fun. I kind of I, I whenever I said that I'm a wizard, people go, Ooh, you're squishy. Yeah. But I I quite like that. Yeah. I think also more fun. Don't make your character super powerful in all areas. It's not interesting. Sure. Yeah. Give it a sense of peril. Like have at least one weakness. Yeah. Give yourself something to be scared of. And that's really, really mm-hmm. fun. You know? Just yeah. don't be like ninety nine stats on everything. That's not that's yeah. not fun. Do you have grease? 
Do I have grease? The spell grease? No, I don't have the spell. Oh. <laughs> you should spell grease. We use that a lot. <laughs> I do have I do have a spell. I do have a spell called um, chromatic orb, and um, I used it um, in a practice game that we were doing, and I rolled a nat twenty. And it meant that I was critting, and I had the Ugh. opportunity to do, I think, some just ungodly amount of damage. Yeah. And um, I ended up doing six damage because I rolled so badly. <laughs> and it was this really stupid thing where it was going, all oh, right, Ben's absolutely nailed it. And it was yeah. like, one, 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 one. one. <laughs> and I was like, I, and I love that. I love yeah. the stupidity of like yeah. the, uh, the opportunity to really be a badass and destroy this thing. And it's just, nope, absolutely yeah. fluffed it, fluffed it completely. Bad rolls. <laughs> uh, what about you, Blood? What do you like to do with um, your character? Yeah, it's so weird because, well, for one, like I haven't really gotten to the tabletop RPG kind of stuff, so that's a different mm-hmm. thing. Um, but like when you talk about like a character creator in a game, like when you're just first thrown at it, like so many times, like I feel like my reactions are. St- super specific in particular to that game mm. like there are games where I will like try to make somebody that looks like myself and then there are other games where I just make some somebody that's fully completely different than, than me and like I don't go full freak or anything <laughs> like that um, but it, it's it is a, like a lot of those things where it's just it's like it's like playing with clay or putty or something and it's just like all right, let me change this thing, and then let me change that thing, and then and then go back and like, okay, change the eyes again, and then like eventually, I just wind up with what I wind up with, mm-hmm. just kind of like hands-on organically, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like sometimes super pale skin, sometimes super dark skin. Somebody, you know, height, weight, like all of that stuff just sort of changes based on like, yeah. I don't know, just what I'm feeling, what feedback I'm getting out of that creator. I think. Yeah. Um, we did a we did a stream a natural six stream that has been lost to the to the annals of time, um, in which we use something called Hero Forge. It's really really amazing. Mm. You can kind of create these. You can create your characters and what they look like, and then you can pay money and get them printed out as little miniatures. Oh, that's cool. And um, we spent an entire evening, like six hours, playing Hero Forge. And the way that we designed the character was um, we rolled a dice every single time. And we allocated a particular number to the roll of the dice. And so we let everything up to chance. <laughs> and it was, like, really fun. Obviously, we had preferences in how we wanted the character to look. Height, weight, you know, look, beard, no beard. But mm-hmm. we just let the dice do all the talking. And that mm. was a really That's fun really way cool, of creating yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, just it's it, whatever's, whatever's your preference, really. Yeah. What about you, Damiani? I know you like the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Avatar core. I like making, yeah. I like making, I'll generally just make like a character based on something I'm like, I'm watching on like a show or, you know, a movie. Oh, okay. It's like kind of like fun. It, so I remember earliest, like earlier memories of like seeing things in like MMO, any game you could create a character. All the videos will always be of people making like Sasuke or Naruto or like, or calling their <laughs> oh, character yeah. like Naruto or Sasuke oh, yeah. and is running and like just shattering the immersion and like, at some point, I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. This is like, I'm just, you know, I'll embrace this. This is hilarious to do. Um, but then it's fun because, like, you try and actually, like, bring up, you know, the the artwork images, you know, the concept art, and try and actually make the character look close. And it's like, hmm. And it's kind of like a game in and of itself, which is kind of fun. Um, but obviously, that's not, like, you know, for RP reasons. And unfortunately, to maybe the the satisfaction of a lot of people out there. I don't really make my character in terms of like thinking about like RP reasons. Cause like generally in games I've created a character, that's not what I'm even really into. Even mm-hmm. if I'm into the story, it's like, 
I care about what's going on in the world around me and the characters. It's like, I don't care too much about my own character story unless it's a written... I, I like written characters. Um, and I like... You, we've gone through this already. Like this is you, you, you said like it was like a eureka moment while you understand like I don't like CRPGs and stuff like that. It's like well there you mm-hmm. go. Um, but also uh, I just isn't the more in the more in depth, more complex a character creator gets, like the more I'm like that's great for other people. I hate this. I'm like where's the randomizer button? Like <laughs> <laughs> I just want what, is, what looks okay to me. I keep hitting random. What looks good. Look that looks good. We're going here. We're going with that mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I mean, I value other things in a game, and even when it comes to narrative, it's less about. Um, I, I create. I care more about the choice in terms of how I'm going to play the game versus how that might impact the narrative and or my character's like development. It's like, I'm less interested in that on, at the end of the day. So I do like more structured narratives. Um, and I do like, I don't like trying to like fit my character into those narratives. I'd rather just be told that story and enjoy it. For sure. All right. This is from Papa Biscuit. Greetings, Ben and allies. Questions for Ben. Were you a huge Final Fantasy fan before accepting the role of Clive? What were your, some of your biggest challenges voicing a video game character? Did it take you a long time to work on your battle grunts and battle cries? So, yes, I was a fan. That is, uh, that's relatively yes. well documented. But when it comes to the making of it, I, I don't know how much I've spoken about this, but I have obviously played a lot of video games, but I was playing Jedi Fallen Order at the mm-hmm. time. I was playing Dragon Quest. I remember like when I was doing it, Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, control and also um, Horizon. Yeah, Forbidden Zero Dawn. West. Uh, Forbidden West actually, late, like oh, okay, uh, like later on. And I, um, all of those had a huge influence on the voicing of Clive because those I would study what those performers were doing, particularly Cameron Monaghan. Like, if he's at the Game Awards on Thursday, I'd love to meet him because he probably has no idea how much Cal Kestis actually has a, had, had a huge influence on the mm. way in which, like, mm. I would have in Clive interacting with the world because, you know, I'm running around with the dog, you're running around with thing. you know, uh, he has BD1, mm. and I'd look at the way that he would talk to that character and, and use it, and not copy it, but repurpose it in a way that felt very much true to Final Fantasy. And I think you've got to you've got to look at the the ways in which things that work, things you think don't work. Um, and Ashley Birch is is an absolute pro in Horizon at talking to herself, and, that, and she talks to herself a lot. But she does it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I think she's an absolute master of her craft when it comes to that because it's the hmm, which way should I go? And that's a, that's a weird thing. Human beings don't do that. So you've got to find a way of performing something that is essentially telling a player how to move around the world, but do it convincingly. In, in Horizon Forbidden, in Zero, in Forbidden West, there is a quest in which you have to like move some, redirect some water to a town, and you're flipping some stuff around. And Ashley Birch's line, once you've done it correctly, is, sounds like the water's changed direction. Right. And mm. that's a stupid line. That's a silly line. Sounds like the water's changed direction. That's a weird thing. But she delivers it in such a way that you absolutely believe that there is nothing abnormal about hearing that water has changed direction. And it's, you know, it's kind of mechanically, it's a way of just telling you that 
that's what the the next step is. You've completed something, and she is expert at it. And so, yeah, I would I would be playing games at the time and and allow other people's performances to guide me through certain sections that we were doing. Um, obviously, you bring loads of yourself to it, but um, mechanically knowing how video games work and what it is that you are required to do in that moment, yeah, I I, I was very fortunate to kind of like learn from games that I was playing at the time. Great, very good. All right, this is from Koshi Mitsu. Hello, allies and Ben. How do you feel about full series playthroughs? I know it's difficult with all the new games you need to play for work, but if time was not an issue, what series would you like to play from front to back? Oh, wow. This could be from a series you never played or one you're already familiar with. After bouncing off Yakuza 0 last year, I finally got back to it and have been going through all the mainline games this year. I'm now on Yakuza like a dragon having an amazing time. Can't wait for Infinite Wealth next year, and I'm also excited to try try and fit in Ishin and Gaiden. Love and respect, Koshimitsu. Uh, I got one right off the bat. It's the Trails Cold Steel series. I was going to say series. exactly that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting. Like, dude, people have been like begging me to play these games for years. Yeah, I'm just like oh, I will someday. Yeah. I have um, Cam Cam Hawkins. Uh, hello, Cam. If you're watching this. Is always like you got to play the trail series. Yeah, and you know he's here tomorrow, right? Is he? Yeah. Oh, amazing! He'll probably, he'll probably talk about it then. Like, um, yeah, yeah, just like a, that, that, I, yeah. that series. Yeah. How many are there of them? Though I'm know. scared of that. You got to do it because I was talking to him about it. He was like, "No, they are all linked. They're all like yeah, narrative." Yeah, that's the linked. thing. Yeah. So I don't want to jump in. No, just you can't. Through. Yeah, I wouldn't jump in. Yeah, one. I think you can jump in because I've been successful at it. But uh, the one I would like to do is is the East series. Oh yeah. Um, which, like, I I had heard of those games mm-hmm. all the way back from Nintendo Power. You know, like I would see them in the RPG sections of that magazine. I never really played them back then. Um, and it was not until East Nine that I actually like played one of those claims, played all the way through it, and then right around that like. This sort of the same time, or maybe like a little bit before that, is when we got the Turbo Graphics Mini. Oh yeah! And I, you know, and for that, I had played a little bit of uh, Ease One and Two that was on that, and so it was like, yeah, like I could, you know, yeah. I could see myself just like go through this whole RPG yeah. series. But obviously, huge, there's a lot. huge chunk of time there. Yeah, there's a lot. Damiani, what about you, dude? I mean, just because of the passion that you guys talk about it, and I know it was. The- brought up in the question but i mean i've never played except for the mini games i've never in some of them i've never played any of the yakuza like a uh, like a mm. dragon games so yeah. yeah and uh just seeing people around me playing them and i'm like yeah but they're so long right <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many of them now like i i feel like i should have got on when they started like the first few started coming out over here again it's like uh, I should have got on that, but no. Like I, I feel like as time goes on, it just like looks more and more daunting. I'm just like, oh, oh no! Like how many of those? I mean, trails obviously like way more daunting, but I feel like Yakuza is like right next to it, and at this point, and like you yeah, know, you can hop just... into maybe seven. Yeah, seven. You probably. can. I did. I hopped in at seven, and yeah, I, nothing was lost on me. Um, and it has one of the best mini game. 40 hour plunge experiences of like yeah. management sim that you can ask for. Yeah. It's fun. Cause it's like all new characters, like a new cast and stuff. So you can hop into that one. That's like, if you're not going to go through zero up to that point, then just start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, our final question is from Brandon K. Gann. Hello, everyone. This week in the world of college football, there has been a quite heated debate over what four teams are best for ch- which four are most deserving to win or who should win in the playoff bracket. Dominic's pumped. But this week having the Game Awards, it had me thinking for a while and thus wanted to ask you, in video games, do you think there are games either present or presently or in the past that have ever deserved to win an award? While sports are fundamentally completely different from the video games where deserving is a more of a viable term and talking point. I find the concept of a game deserving to win something to be equal points interesting and funny and wanted to know your thoughts if you have any on this topic. Thanks for taking this mission. If you do, stay easy, fellow allies. Dominic, is there some football stuff going on right now? Yeah, do you, need the, do you need the, the analogy summed up real quick for you to understand? Quick. Yes, um, please. So there's a college, then college football, American college football. There's a playoff at the end of the season where the four teams get uh, get to play each other, but they're selected by a committee. Um, it used to be the top two teams, only two teams got to play for the championship, and that was selected by a bunch of computers and people, and no one liked that system because they would always argue someone got left out. Now it's four teams, and there were clearly six teams that were all legitimately had a claim to be in the playoffs. So two were left out. One of them is especially egregious. A team, so there's the conferences, like think of the different leagues. Um, for, for just think they're like there's like five conferences, basically power five conferences, and then all the independents. Um, and in your conference, you play all your teams or some of them, and then you have a conference championship game. And then the winner of that generally has like the best shot at making the playoff in the current format. So a team, Florida State, went undefeated, won their conference championship game, but because their star quarterback got injured, a season-ending injury a few games ago, they people thought they weren't playing very well and were worried about the hypothetical. The One of the things that the, the, the committee is allowed to judge on is based on how well they think you're going to perform, and they can factor injuries are allowed to be factored in. So despite the track record and that it's a team sport, because their quarterback went down, their star quarterback, they got bumped out despite going under one of only three undefeated teams to win their conferences like that. They, they gave it to their spot was taken by Alabama. And mm. that's because Alabama is part of a conference called the SEC, which is considered like the powerhouse best conference. And there's a whole other bunch of stuff associated with that. But I'll end it there by saying basically a team with one loss got in over a team with no losses undefeated throughout the season. And it comes down to preference and how people think will go. And right now, like if like Florida is like on fire right now. Like uh, their their governor and all their their senators are threatening to sue and all, like all this crazy <laughs> nonsense, and it just shows that like the format wasn't perfect. But also, yes, it, it like it also forced people to make a hard decision. Like when we to bring this back to gaming, like when we do our own end of the year game of the year awards, even where you have to like we're like we can only pick ten, and like Isla's like let's bump it up one more and include everyone. And it's like that's the point. We have to like make a hard decision. We have to make a cut. Mm. And yes, that's, you know, that's part of the, you know, that's the name of the game sometimes because otherwise they become less meaningful if you just allow everyone to be a part of it. There's got to be stakes, as Huber likes to say. And to, Mm -hmm. 
use my time to answer the question real quick. When game trailers did not give Xenoblade Chronicles best soundtrack of the year back in the day, <laughs> that was one of the biggest snubs, the biggest travesties. It was like something I should have spoken up more. And it, you know, the day doesn't go by that I don't like feel the pain and agony of letting that <laughs> slide by. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I guess like just games, either presently or in the past, that have ever deserved to win an award and what we think about it. Uh, I don't know about like deserving. Like it's so deserving. much. It's so, it's so much harder because it's like yeah, and this is like a performance, and like you'd like actually beat in all of these different situations. Um. Yeah, like that guy got by you. <laughs> yeah, and, and he got to the he got to the goal. It's a different situation than it's like okay, well, is this uh, is this fighting game better than this RPG? You know, award, like, awards are silly. Yeah, let's all agree. Awards are absolutely yeah. ridiculous, and the idea that it's, you think you can this whole yeah this uh, mixture of things that are measurable. Yeah. You know, like when you talk about animation, right? Like there's a certain amount of 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 like recognition of 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 how good that animation is and things that people have never done before or whatever. But then you take something that's trying to make a real mm. person versus somebody who's trying to make a cartoon person. Yeah. Also, people, I think people very conflate two words, which yeah. is what's best and what's favorite. And I think actually the word is favorite. Because also like, we, want, we want to create some sort of empirical truth when it comes to the quality of games. Mm. We want to say objectively this is the best. The idea of objectivity in the world is absolute nonsense. <laughs> absolute rubbish. Sorry. I wanted to swear. I won't. It's completely stupid because um, you can agree that someone else likes something. doesn't mean you have to like it. Right. And, you know, I think that we want to create some sort of order in the chaos that is the world of kind of artistic expression in which we exist. The video games, more than film and TV, rely a lot on the system of Metacritic as well, which, again, is a silly, silly system because it's just an aggregation of people's opinions. Um, it's it's kind of just like what you like. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. winning award, it's like the fact that what, however many Game of the Year award things, you're going to have your Game of the Year award ceremonies, you know, Giant Bomb are going to have theirs, everyone's mm -hmm. going to have, you know, IGN, whatever. They're all going to have their own opinions on stuff. And it's just an aggregation of opinions. It doesn't mean empirically anything. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, there's probably so many games that probably should have won awards to some people. Yeah, to some people, yeah. yeah. There's always going to be that case. You can't please please everybody with awards. And also, like, if someone wins an award, or if a game wins an award, it doesn't make it doesn't invalidate the quality of the other games right. that were also up for it. Yeah. It's not like suddenly like this is them better than that. It goes, it just won it in that particular competition. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was. It was judged to be more favorable, not better, in that particular category. Sorry, I'm not. I feel like I'm having a go at the question. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I think no. it's 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 we forget maybe that we're not saying that something is bad because something is good. We're just saying. Mm -hmm. that in this particular scenario that we have created, people have decided to go, this is the one that had the, the greater aggregation to everything else. Um, like what you like. It's all good. And Chained Echoes and Midnight Suns will just be forgotten. Oh, by the way, I want to give <laughs> because they came out after the jump, but not in the period anyone was looking at. Um, I want to give a shout out to something at PAX I saw this year that I thought was super exciting. It's a game called Alterium Shift. Oh um, right, yeah. Have you seen that before? I know the I know the name. I can't picture it it's, in my head. It's but yeah. a it's a good looking game. Mm. I met the creator, and I was just it was just I was just pottering around packs in between, like having to do some stuff. And I saw this game, and I just stopped, and I went, "Wow, we 
that's a good looking game. And it's really early days, like it's, it's like early access on Steam, but it kind of has that classic Chrono Trigger kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it. And like they're using kind of some 3D, you know, moving around. If you've got anyone look and look at the trailer, it's a really, really beautiful looking video game. And I really want to, you know, shout out to the team and say that looks really good because yeah, Chained Echoes for me is one of the best games of the year. It's just so, it's brilliant. Um, and it's a great refined, people talk about like RPGs that seem overstuffed. Chained, Chained Echoes is not. It's a refined game that pushes you forward like it's, it's properly good. So Ulterium Shift, have a look at it. I think it looks great. Nice. Well, we nominated it for our goatee. Yeah. We got it in there. <laughs> Brad, Brad got it covered. Yeah. Chained Echoes? Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. in our awards. Yeah. Is it your game of the year? Uh, was it my game of the year last year? No, Elder Ring was, but it was in my tops. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I think yeah, I think it might have made our final ten. It did because yeah. I was like, dude, this game. Yeah. <laughs> I was hyping it up. I think you guys might have been the reason actually why I ended up playing it. I think maybe I was listening to you guys talking. Go about Brad! It. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I was like, please play this. Yeah, I think game it was. Before it gets forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of Frame Trap. Another good one in the books. Feeling good, Damiani. Thanks for remoting in. Always a pleasure to see you. Ben, thanks for coming in also. Thank you. Thank I you. flew in Thank specifically you. for this. I can now leave Los <laughs> yeah, Angeles. Yeah. Gonna go fly back, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, you could check Ben out at the Game Awards. He's nominated. Hopefully we see him hit that stage. Yeah. Would love to see that. But legally, not right. Legally, yeah. if he wins, gets, yes, as he should, not yelling about GTA 6 or something. Yeah, I won't. I won't do any of that. No, I'm. I'm. I'm very. Ex- very nervous to go. I think because it's just a. It's a huge event that I've watched online yeah. all time. Ta- all yeah. the time. Right. Like yeah. it's mad to think that a year ago it was the uh, revenge. It was the Final Fantasy 16 revenge trailer that closed out the Game Awards, and I stayed up until 5 a.m. watching it because I knew they were going to release it. Yeah. And so it's weird to think that I'm actually going to be there in person. Yeah. And see the old gods of Asgard. Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm excited about. That's going to be awesome. Off. Uh, Blood, you'll also be there. Yeah. So if you're there, make sure to say hi to Blood. Yeah. He'll be you'll be able to see the, the arm under under Gonzo. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Last year, an animal like where you could see like the puppeteers underneath. Oh. Like, if you're just sitting in the crowd. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were like that was me actually. I was like, no, what? no, no. no. <laughs> I was like, you were. Yeah. No, I was saying you, if you're sitting in the crowd, you oh, can okay, see all okay, the like okay. crazy behind like, the scenes oh, Muppet my stuff. God. Yeah. You should have lied to me and said yes. I would have believed you. Damn. That's awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks, everyone, for being here on the panel. I appreciate it. And we will see you next episode. Take care and goodbye.